I swear to God, if you talk to me about magic cards and we're not recording, I'm gonna kick your ass. out Apple earbuds as opposed to my nice gaming headset have a little audio dip but the the recordings through the headset I used I was just using yeah I've noticed that like it's a lot easier to hear what I'm saying and stuff than my gaming headset but if I use like my desktop mic and stuff um mm -hmm. the quality is better but the volume's lower <laughs> yeah it's weird it's like they expect you to have a sound table <laughs> <laughs> yeah so capenna yeah that's the thing it's place stuff yeah it's got some pretty sick cards i'm not gonna lie <laughs> yeah there's it's been nothing but brewing shenanigans of three color commanders for the last week of what i've seen of people talking about it. it's it these guys are nuts dude like I, yeah. I thought Baldur's Gate was supposed to be the commander set. <laughs> exactly. It feels insane. It It's like, I don't know, Lord Xandar, Jetmir, and Zeatora, like, you can tell these guys are definitely made for commander. Like, <laughs> no standard decks slopping down a four mana 5-4 with nine creatures on the board and hasn't won already, you know? Right. <laughs> They're gnarly. Yeah. Well, they spoiled a lot of stuff this week, so we have quite a handful of cards that we can look at and, you know, talk about how the, the good, bad, and the ugly of how they fit into Commander play. Yeah. So do you want to do them just uh, by how they're spoiled on mtgspoilers.com? Yeah, let me go there. I always <clears> use the Mythic Spoiler, but I think that's probably better. Uh, yeah. Does Mythic Spoiler have more stuff than uh, MTG Spoiler, though? Uh, I don't know if MTG Spoiler includes the, uh... Oh. Hmm. Well, I guess we can look at both of them. And... Yeah. We'll know. Yeah, let me click on this. Jumpstart 2022 Brothers War Infinity. Gosh. Wow, the new set is the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5... Six seventh set down on the uh, visual spoiler stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh, they have the uh, the foreign cards on here, on as well. I think mtgspoiler.com has more stuff. Looking at it now. Yeah, because they have like the weird pictures of the cards and everything. Ooh. A Maestro's Diabolist. I don't think I saw that. But there's a lot of cards. So yeah. <clears throat> we'll basically just go through MTG Spoiler and then we'll double check on Mythic if there was something yeah, we didn't good. see. Um, so I guess on MTG we'll start with just whatever's at the top, right? 
Yeah, there's a bunch of just random. Uh... <laughs> they're they're not exactly in an order of any kind. Yeah, that's the only thing about MTG. Spoiler. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I guess are there any? I think Evolving Door is the first like really interesting card on MTG. Spoiler. I guess Witness Protection is pretty notable, but none of the other ones seem that great. <laughs> I, I mean. <clears throat> there's a bunch of interesting things because remember we, yeah. we do talk a lot about casual care so i'm betting a lot of these cards will see play like look at, yeah. all, look at all the kamigawa yeah. stuff that is running around in our store <laughs> <laughs> i wish i could <laughs> oh right right yeah i i just my toshiro loves you're already dead I'm just saying. It's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> I, and that was the card that made me realize that for some reason Crypt Rats wasn't in my Toshiro. It's it's part of how I actually win with my Toshiro. Is Crypt Rats and a card that whenever a creature tail takes damage, it dies. That has an entwine that when they die, their controller loses life equal to their toughness. So I Crypt Rats for one. <laughs> Poop. <laughs> and then oh, and then I trigger off the death trigger <coughs> to recast the entwine. Oh no. Oh. Oh yes. <laughs> oh no. Oh. But it, you said it wasn't in there? And the crypt rat wasn't, but now it is because you're already dead. Dead. <laughs> Problem solved. Yeah. And pestilence. What? Oh, pestilence is so <clears throat> But uh speaking of things hitting all kinds of creatures uh, uh, exotic pets it's 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 funny it's definitely um finding nemo um one blue white you get two blue fish tokens and yeah. that's so they can't be blocked and then for each kind of counter among creatures you control you put a counter of that kind on either of those tokens yeah so actually, I think this card's pretty good, especially because it's instant speed. Um, yeah, yeah, but if you have creatures with like uh, a vigilance counter, uh, a poise, a minus one minus one counter, a plus one plus one counter, <laughs> uh, any kind of counters that are on your creatures, one of these fish is going to get all of them. Yeah, I I think that's definitely the right <clears throat> way to do it. Is like put all of them on one. Maybe if you have like a. Uh, death touch counter you don't put that on one of the fish you put that on the other one but like it seems pretty good I uh the problem is like counters don't scale power outside of plus one plus one so you're gonna just have like a really big scary two two fish yeah and you could put all the negative counters on the small one and kill Nemo yeah but I mean, like, you're not probably going to have many negative counters unless you're playing against somebody who does that. At least I'd hope. <laughs> do, 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 do. Innocent. What? <laughs> yeah. But no, it's, it's um... an interesting card. It can cause some weird things to happen for sure. And, mm -hmm. and it can't be blocked. Yeah, that's the big thing, is it's just two unblockable creatures. So if you're playing, like, 
uh, any deck that cares about like number of creatures attacking, this is something you'll want. Like this is great if you're playing anything with ninjutsu in your deck because you've basically guaranteed you'll get a ninjutsu trigger because you can cast it at end step of the opponent going before you. Have the fish there swing and get your ninjutsu trigger. Right. <coughs> mm, sorry. But it is white blue, which is not really the ninja colors in Magic. Yeah. It's also not normally a bunch of counter types either. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's the. I think Bant's going to be counters this set, is their thing. Yeah, there's uh, definitely going to be things. So I think this card's. It's not ugly, but it's not bad. I think it's just. Yeah. It's just normal. In the right deck, it could be good, for sure. Yeah. The next card makes me sad, though. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's get the English version here. It doesn't have its name in English, but I think Capo de la Foguera is pretty is a pretty good name for him. <laughs> uh, whenever you sacrifice one or more creatures, deal two damage to each opponent. This ability triggers only once each turn. Two black red for a three four. It's, you know, it's it's pretty good. I mean, it's kind of a fair Rakdos aristocrat, and he's got good stats. Yeah, but it's only once each turn, so it's like you're spending four mana for... So you're overspending for an aristocrat, and then he can only trigger... Like, Blood Artist is half the damage, but you also heal, and several times per turn, and also half the mana. Yeah, in a constructed format, and standard or something, this is going to be great. Um, yeah. But I feel like in Commander, this is this is definitely, for me, going on the... the uh, this is ugly. No, this is bad. Yeah. This is bad. That's what I'll say. Ugly is where I'm putting the cards that are, this is absurd, and I'm going to not want to see it. <clears throat> yeah, I'm definitely... I, I won't be playing this in any decks of mine. <laughs> Let me put it that way. Now, as a popper commander, though... Oh, that's a good point. This guy could get pretty nutso. <laughs> yeah. And the reason you'd play this over, like, Blood Artist is because you get access to red as well, which is big. Yeah. And there's lots yeah. of cool tricks you can do there. And... Mm -hmm. and he's big, so he doesn't just get popped right away. Yeah. So I think, you know, popper commander players. ABU games, you know. <laughs> it's a thing that's going on right now for us, so. Yeah. is it? It's not just, a, it's going to be April and May, right? Uh, yeah, as far as I know, yeah. Doing... So you can play this guy for a month if you wanted. Yeah, I'll, I'll be playing my Shirei during that time. But yeah, no, he's a cool guy. <laughs> he's interesting. Uh, well, about a month, yeah, because Capenna has to come out first. Yeah, yeah, so it comes out April 29th, so. Yeah. Right. So, Next card's super interesting, though. Yeah, so is his name. Pyromane. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's like a, a, a rapper with a with a issue with fire. Uh, <laughs> Pyromane. Yo, uh, it's young Pyromane out here on the streets. The <laughs> Fuego Enfocato, yo. Um, no, actually, that actually came out really well. My mouth sounded really cool. Um, but now, his ability is interesting. And, yeah, yeah. And it kind of meshes with the last card we talked about. Uh, one in a tap. It deals X damage to any target where X is the number of permanents you sacrifice this turn. Mm -hmm. And he's two and a red for a 2 2 as well. Uh, Shaman Machina, I believe. Yeah. Um, he's... 
he's cool. Yeah, I mean, that's huge. Like, if you think, because it's number of permanents. So he's, that counts treasures, that counts uh, creature sack to Ashnod's altar. Um, yeah. So this can get pretty insane. I think it's really good on the factor that it doesn't have to sacrifice for its own damage. It counts mm-hmm. anything you've done that turn. So if you tapped Kiki Jiki and made a copy of this guy, boom. <laughs> you get to do his ability twice, and let's say you sack yeah. 10 goblins. Hey, you take 20 damage. Right? Exactly. And then, and then I guess the other big thing is it's any target. Normally effects like this say, like, Planeswalker or Creature, but this can, this can go topside and hit face. Right. <laughs> and it, so, so I, it's at any time. So it's like, oh, all this stuff mm-hmm. happened during your first main phase and the second main phase. You threw this guy down as a surprise with boots. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> and that's another thing. If you have Greaves out, this is this is four mana for to deal damage to a number of sacrifices and then threaten to do it again unless they can deal with him. Like, <laughs> if you're playing Prosper or any kind of, like, tokens, uh, uh, treasure matters deck, I think this should go in there yeah. as a way to kill somebody or threaten to win, even. Yeah, it's a Vish, you know, but um, it basically doubles your goblin bombardment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, tr- it just turns your treasures into mana burn for your opponent. Yeah, <laughs> mana burn, but for you. <laughs> I think that one's good. I think that one's good. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I don't think we need to go over this next card. (laughs) It's it's an enchantment that you can play for your graveyard. Yeah. Um, It's basically got a graveyard flashback enchantment. That's it. It's it's bad Rancor in white. If you're playing light paws, you'll want it. Because it's replayable. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what its name is in English, but it's there. It's a common. You'll see it. Um, yeah. I think it's bad, but in the right deck, it could be good. Yeah, I mean, one mana enchantment. So it's one mana for plus one, plus one, then you bring it back for two and a white. So I'd play it if you're playing Earl the Miststalker or any deck that you're not like... I wouldn't say put it in a Voltron deck, but if you're playing a Voltron deck, like it's bonus bonuses off of playing the enchantment. So like... An additional plus two plus two, or an additional enchantment tutored out of your deck, that's good. But I wouldn't put this in, like, if you're playing that weird Voltron Zer deck, where, like, the reason you have the enchantments is to make his power bigger, as opposed to the enchantments give you an extra benefit. Is, uh, Light Paws equal or less casting cost? I think it's... Oh, you know what? I think you're... I think it's less. I was thinking it was one greater, but I'm pretty sure it's less, actually. Um, let me double check. Because I've only seen Light Paws once or twice so far. It's it's only been like a month. Less than or equal to. So, so I guess it's actually not that great in Light Paws. It's not that bad. I mean, you can cast the one-cost enchantment from your graveyard and go get another mm-hmm. one-cost enchantment. So yeah. when you're having to replay Light Paws, because he will be popped, like, I guarantee. Like, people playing interaction needs to happen for Light Paws. So having a backup... You can do that to try and start rebuilding. So it could be good in that deck. Like yeah. that kind of deck. Otherwise, it's bad. <clears throat> yep. <laughs> now this I guess, one. I guess like, it tutors out Ethereal Armor. is good. It could. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Now this card. Oh, I, fu I fucking love this next card. <laughs> I don't think I've seen anybody not like this card. All I've seen for this is memes of picture of big scary uh, MTG villain, a picture of this card, and then a picture of that villain's face over Mr. Incredible at the office from the first Incredibles movie. And wearing a bowler hat. <laughs> yeah, wearing a bowler hat or something. Exactly. Hello, fellow uh, legitimate business person. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we so, got witness protection. Yes. Break it down. Oh, God. Uh, one blue enchantment aura, enchant creature. Enchanted creature loses all abilities. It is a green and white citizen creature with base power and toughness. One, one, named legitimate business person. It loses all colors and card types, creature types, and names. That's just so... <laughs> it's, it's decent removal, but it's definitely also really funny. I think it's the main thing. <laughs> I think this card is just good. Yeah. It's... It's another Ponga Fire, whatever, um, but better because <laughs> it's funny and it sits on them. So it's kind of like doing the tree enchantment on a creature. It doesn't; they don't get to recast. They have to deal with the enchantment, yeah, to or have their whatever that you're nerfing die to get the ability back. Mm -hmm. So it's better and it's hilarious. Yeah. It, uh, so it's sorcery speed, unlike Pongify, so that's the downside, but it doesn't trigger death effects, they can't reanimate the creature, um, and then if you put this on somebody's commander, they, they kind of just have to deal with it or kind of lose, depending on their deck. Mm -hmm. So all in all, I think pretty good. I think it's good. Like, yeah. Especially for casual, it's freaking great. <laughs> and it'll be cheap removal, too, like uh, mana cost wise and price wise like if you're playing on a budget you can include this and even if you're not playing on a budget there might be a argument to be had I think this is a card you should keep in mind when building any decks yeah especially for one mana it's mm -hmm. it's efficient it does what it needs to do exactly it's almost a blue uh, dark steel mutation in LA so yeah but not as funny I mean funnier <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funnier. It's a little worse because it's like easier to kill off their own creature. But I mean, still, you kind of it feels good to make somebody cast a removal spell on their own creature to kill their legitimate business person. Yeah, just, just, he was just a legitimate. I'm gonna make that joke. So he was gonna make just that joke hustling, man. So much. <laughs> He's out there on the daily grussel, dude. <laughs> Nine to five, working his ass off. <laughs> Now, this next one's caused a little bit of, uh, conversation. Has it really? <laughs> a little bit, because I think a lot of people misunderstood how the card worked. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, well, do you explain. Evolving Door, two and a green. Artifact. One tap, sacrifice a creature. You count the colors of the sacrificed creature. That's not the pip. That's not necessarily just the pips. Like, if it's a token you're sacrificing... Whatever colors the token says it is, yeah. is how many colors you cast count. On a normal yeah. creature, you count the pips. And you search your library for a creature that's exactly that many colors plus one. So if you sacrifice a colorless creature, you're going to get a monocolored creature. If you sacrifice mm -hmm. a two-color creature, you're going to get a three-color creature. There is no less than. Now, you exile the cards you find and then shuffle. 
during this turn, you may cast the exile card, activate only as a sorcery. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a balanced birthing pod, in a way. Which means a lot of people are going to think it's bad. I think, in casual, this card is going to be ugly. <laughs> I, I don't know if I like the birthing pod comparison, because it doesn't do anything with mana cost stuff. I think it's almost like a, like a survival of the fittest. Okay, yeah. More so. I see. It's just been compared to Birthing Pie just because of the sack go get type of way. But yeah, yeah Survival I mean, of Fittest, I see that as a lot as well. That makes sense. Pe people see green artifact that sacrifices creatures. <laughs> yeah, Birthing Pie. They, they think it's going to be the next Birthing Pod. It's going gonna, it's gonna to ruin modern. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think that's going to happen in modern for this. No, gosh, no. No, this, this won't be played in modern. But I mean, I think it's good. I mean, it might, but not likely. Yeah. I think for casual, it's good, but in particular decks that plan for this kind of thing, it's going to be ugly. Yeah. In green, it, it, it really won't hurt you. Unless you're playing mono green, this is a bad idea, because yeah. you have to go get a two-color creature, and you're not going to have those. <laughs> Unless you're cheating. <laughs> right. But in, like, say, green-white, you sack a land of war elf, and you go get, like, your green-white Selesnia person, you know? And two colors, mm -hmm. and then you play them for two mana. So for three mana, yeah. you tutored your deck for a two-cost creature put into play. So it's well, not what's, bad. What's really good about this is you don't need to get a two-cost creature. The cost of the creature doesn't matter for this. You can sacrifice a land of war elves and go get, like, an 8-CMC Selesnia bomb. Which I think is really good. And you don't have to you cast can... it right then. To be fair. Yeah. You you don't have to. Um, the creature, you can you can jump mana costs as you see. Like, you can sacrifice, like, let's say a Cultivator Colossus and go get, like, Tristani, Selesnia's voice. Like, that's a, technically a downgrade in CMC, but at the time, you, the value from Cultivator is mostly its ETB. Or vice versa, you can sacrifice like a dark steel mirror and go get a cultivator colossus. I think this is like <clears throat> the the downside is it's only as a sorcerer. I think is what's going to hold this card back from being ridiculous. Yeah. However, you can go get a card with flash, and then you may cast the exile card. So yeah, you go get an option, and it's sitting there waiting for you mm -hmm. whenever you're ready. You don't have to cast it right then. Yeah, that's the other good part. You can you can sit and wait on it. Right. So I think all in all, this card, if you're playing, I wouldn't play it in one or two. I feel like that's a little risky. I'd play it in three, three and up colored decks. I don't know. I might if I was playing like a mono green artifact creatures type deck. I could, <laughs> I could sack a mirror to go get like priest of, priest of Titania or something silly. Yeah, yeah dude. And get yeah. <laughs> It's it's usable. It's a green tutor. So I mean, if <laughs> if you have green creatures that you're relying on, you just play the colorless mana dorks. <laughs> yeah, for your for the mono green <laughs> artifact deck. Yeah, and a birthing <laughs> pod because why not? <laughs> yeah, let's do both. Why not both? Both? Yeah, both is good. I think it's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, I mean, I honestly kind of like this. <laughs> 
in Commander, let me let me specify in Commander. I kind of like this more than Birthing Pod. In command, in Casual Commander, definitely I like it more than Birthing Pod because yeah. Birthing Pod says this is exactly what you're getting. This mm-hmm. one says you could if you built around it, which I hope you did because otherwise it's not going to work that well. Um, you get options. You can have variants in the play. I think this card is going to be great for Casual because it's just going to cause some interesting lines of play yeah i mean like and the other thing is it's flexible right you can sacrifice like a green creature go get a knight of autumn and remove an artifact or enchantment you can sacrifice like like you can use this to go find answers as well mm-hmm. and not being restricted by cmc's good so i think don't brush this card off is what i would recommend uh, yeah test with it experiment yeah and see mm-hmm. if it works for you. Because you may have a deck that already can do this and abuse it. Obviously, yeah. if you're not playing artifact creatures, don't put it in a monocolor deck. Yeah. Unless you make and artifact then... tokens. And exactly. Turning Thopters into creatures you care about, like a Grey Merchant, would be great. I'd do it. <laughs> but yeah, that'd be two-color. Be but still. careful putting it in a two-color deck, I'd say. Yeah, depending on your creature base. You know, if... If it works for you, it can work for you for sure. But if it, it's good, but it's not completely obviously ugly, like some other cards I've seen. <clears throat> <Yeah. clears throat> this next one's yeah. uh, it's a little interesting. I like this card. <laughs> um, so it's it's graveyard shift four to black for a sorcery. The spells flash as long as there are five or more mana values among cards in your graveyard. And then return to our creature card for graveyard to the battlefield. It's been a while so since it, I've seen cards that care about the mana values in your graveyard. <clears throat> yeah, I think. Oh. And, a, and, a, and a black flash reanimate? Yeah. Mm. So that's <laughs> the big thing about reanimate. The only other, like, instant speed reanimate stuff is, like, necromancy. And the creature goes away if you cast a necromancy with flash. So this is, like, a unique effect. Um, you're probably gonna have graveyard shifts flash active most of the time when you want to be reanimating something good, unless you're doing like trying to turbo out reanimator and like you cast buried alive once and that's the only stuff you're actually putting in your graveyard for CDH. But I think for casual commander, if you're running like self mill stuff, you're gonna have that pretty easily. Like for instance, um, in my chainer reanimator deck, um, <clears throat> now this is my CDH deck, but the line of play is basically you could do something similar for casual too like let's say i played a land and i dark ritualed and i buried alive okay so that's zero for the land but that's not my graveyard but let's say i fetched there uh fetch dark ritual buried alive boom a zero a one and a three and i go get uh necroticus kiki jiki and um a mog fanatic Okay, so now in my graveyard, I have a 0, a 1, a 3 from the Buried Alive, a 4 from Necroticus, and a 5 from Kiki-Jiki. I already have 5 different mana values. This card has Flash. Yeah. Like, the thing is, even... You're not going to play it in CDH because it's 5 mana, but, like... You're right. That's, like, a great example of how easy it is. Like, because you, that line of play, like, getting 3 different creatures, you're right. Like, Flash, like, uh, what's it called? Uh, tutor, fetch land, uh, buried alive is three different CMCs most of the time, unless it's Grim Tutor. 
Um, and then you can get two different CMCs off of your, two more different CMCs off of your buried alive. You're going to be there. And then flash reanimation, especially when it's flash reanimation that isn't revealed to everybody, like they don't see it coming, mm-hmm. um, is huge. So you'll be able to end step, opponent's end step, cast this, bring back like Shieldred, your upkeep Shieldred triggers, bring back the other creature. Yeah. So it allows for a lot of dirty lines of play almost, and I kind of really like that. Uh, five mana steep, but I think, if you think of it more as like three mana reanimate with a two mana flash tagged onto it. I think it feels a lot. I think it's better. Right. Um, it's basically like a normal three cost reanimate, but you're paying two extra for it to be flash, basically, in a way. Yeah, I really like this card. I'm gonna be picking up a couple. Cards I think it's bit. good. Yeah. Yeah, it's not ugly because you have to plan for it, but it's good. Ugly is just in my mind is what I rate cards are just no brainer, <laughs> broken. Please don't know why, Mark. <coughs> the next one's interesting. Do you want to do this one? Yeah, Ballroom Fighters. Um, whenever Ballroom Fighters attack, up to one other target creature you control gains. You control. Ball, both gain your. Ballroom Fighters and up to one oh, target. Oh, Ballroom Fighters. Both all right. So ballroom fighters and up to one target both gain your choice of life like at first strike until the turn. And it's three white white for a three five. E. <laughs> That's really expensive to put life like or first strike on something else, and it needs to attack. And itself will gain one of those two as well. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's situational. It's situational. <laughs> and it's and it's definitely a feels like a go wide card, which for five mana, uh, that doesn't feel like a white go wide, but maybe in white green I could see it. Yeah, but it's like Boros could definitely more, abuse it. For two more mana, you can just cast a Chroma's Memorial. I mean, right? but why not both? <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I guess this would give you... I don't think a Chroma's Memorial gives lifelink, so I guess that would be okay. I don't know. I think five mana to give it and one other... Th- because it's like it feels like a go-wide card, but then you realize it's only buffing itself and one other thing. So then you're like, I guess it's go tall on one creature. But then if you're going tall on one creature, it probably already has one of these keywords, because you, you are going to want to pick a good creature to go tall on. Uh, I, I think it's kind of... I think for Commander, in general, it'll be bad. Yeah. If someone has a niche, maybe good, but in general, it's just... There's gonna be... It's just... It's bad. Now, yeah. for aesthetic, yeah, it's cool as hell. I like it. Yeah, I think I think the flavor text is like, interrupt their dance and they'll break your legs or something like... It's, it's like... It makes me think oh, of the um, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie movie where they were both assassins. I, uh, I'm not familiar. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. That's what I think of. <laughs> and they're trying to what kill they? each other. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, this movie came out when I was four, so <laughs> that explained it. Fair. Okay. <laughs> well, that one's it's. If it has something really amazing it can do, it's not obvious. And yeah. even if it's not obvious, whatever it is, I'm sure there's something else we could do it with too. That's probably why mm -hmm. we're not thinking of it. Yeah. yeah uh, this I, I, next card, yeah, though. This one's funny. This one gives way for a theme of the red cards in the set, which is why don't we make Prosper Tomebound even better? Uh, <laughs> so, Unlucky Witness, one red for a 1 1 creature human citizen. Uh, when Unlucky Witness dies, exile the top two cards of your library. Until your next end step, you may play one of those cards. Yeah. It's yeah, great. I mean, you just get to dig two cards deep. And you can like, kind of control when those cards get exiled. Mm -hmm. In a way. Depending. Yeah, like if you have a sack outlet or something. And it's until your next turn, so if your opponent kills them on their turn, you're not screwed over. Um, you know, it feels a little dangerous in CDH because, like, maybe you hit both of your combo pieces and you're only allowed to cast one of them. But, I mean, that's just still so unlikely. And then in casual commander, you just... In mono red, this is great because you lack card draw. In red, in like red black or like red red X, other than white, it feels less good because you already have card draw options. But if you're playing like Prosper or a red white deck, this feels like a good card to run. Yeah. So the thing is, is that Prosper doesn't care about the downside of this card. Um, mm. But unlucky witness, it does say you can only play one of those cards. But it does say play. Yeah. So, if one is something you don't need and the other one's a land that you do need, you can play the land. Yeah. And then you can use something else that can play cards from Exile to play the other card. Like, mm -hmm. you know. And then, if you play the land, Profit gives you treasure. Oh, look, you double profited. Seems great. I think it's good. Yeah. This this has its home in decks. The fact that it gives you until your next instep, I think it makes it good. Yeah. Which I think is starting to be a theme with these uh, impulse draw-like stuff. Mm -hmm. Which I don't mind. I think I think it's pretty good. I think it means that when they don't do that, they can like up the power of cards. So I, I, think, I think I like that change to Red's card draw. So this next one's kind of interesting, in a way. It's a mm -hmm. uh, Luxurious Libation. X in the green. Instant. Target creature gets plus X, plus X until end of turn. Create a 1-1 one, one green and white citizen creature token. A.K.A. a legitimate business person. <laughs> I mean... It's... It's okay. Yeah. It's it's a pump effect. There's a lot of casual stuff that plays pump effects, and it gives you a token. I mean, it's not bad, right? I, it's not bad. You're going to be hard-pressed to find a slot for this in your deck unless you're playing, like, Infect Pump Spells or something. I mean, But, yeah. uh... I don't know. It just feels like... The amount of mana you put into it, it never feels like a good use of that mana. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, if you compare this to Titanic Growth, that's one in a green for 4-4 four, four buff... No one one. This for this to be a four four buff, you need five mana, but you get a one one. So you're paying three extra mana for the one one, basically. Yeah, I can see it. 
I don't know. I guess the flexibility is decent, but uh, I think overall it's bad. In a strictly yeah. pump spell deck, it could be good. Yeah, I mean, you can also always do the fun thing of if your opponent attacks another one of your opponents, you can like dump all your mana. <laughs> That's always the dream. Right. So you want to go to this next one? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I can do it. I can do it. Uh, this is uh, one blue for Errant Street Artist. Um, flash Defender Haste, <laughs> which is Defender Haste is so funny. Uh, and then you can pay one in a blue tap copy target spell you control that wasn't cast. You may choose new targets for the copy. So, like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking this is a this is a blue version of of a dual caster mage, but only dual your casts or mage. And yeah, I mean, flash defender haste, somewhat similar. The other one has flash and copies any spell. This one's flash for one so i mean even you could cast at the end of somebody else's turn one and then on your turn you mm -hmm. can copy something you know so it, it but it's reusable so there's that you know yeah i think it's as a commander i think it would be ugly because yeah you're gonna be doing so much copying that, that's the thing. Because it says that wasn't cast, it's a hard card to just fit into any deck, but I think this will be a really interesting build around Commander. Yeah. I think in general for blue, it could be good if you have spells that copy. Mm -hmm. But I think in the command zone, I think it's going to be ugly. Yeah. I, and Defender Haste is so funny to me. And it's 0-3. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is funny for sure. Yeah, so the next card's interesting, but I don't see like an interesting card for a while. So do you want to, after the next card, maybe skip to a card until we see a card one of us really wants to talk about? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. I mean, Cause I, we have time, the but there's not that many cards to begin with, so. Yeah, but it's like, <clears throat> how much time do we want to spend talking about random uncommons being like, yeah, it's not great in Commander? <laughs> <laughs> I mean,. Yeah, but we've got a couple cards coming up that are definitely going to absorb a lot of our time. We know yeah. that. We're warming up. <laughs> this a certain mechanic uh, that, I, that I have a lot of things to say about. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of mechanics, um, <laughs> Rob the Archives, one in a red, sorcery. Uh, I'll go after the mechanic after this, but XL the top two cards of your library. You may play those cards this turn. Okay, that's cool. That's uh, kind of like that creature we saw earlier when it dies. Um, mm -hmm. But this is play those cards, so you get them all. Uh, Casualty 1. This is a new mechanic, apparently, for the set, where as you cast the spell, you may sacrifice your creature with power 1 or greater when you do copy the spell. So the casualty number indicates the power of the creature you have to sacrifice as you cast it. Mm -hmm. To boost... It's basically... Um, it's a it's a sacrifice kicker. Yeah. <laughs> Every mechanic is kicker. <laughs> and, and when you... Right. Um, and when you do, you copy the spell. 
So for two mana and like uh, that guy who exiles more cards off the top of your deck, you sack him. He's a 1-1. One, one. So you'll exile two cards from the spell, two more cards from the copy. You could play all four of those cards and then what other, whatever other death triggers you have from the sacrifice. Yeah. So, I mean, two mana, get four cards. You could play this turn, though. Uh, that's the hard part. Yeah. So this is what I was talking about when I was like, when it says this turn, they can pump the power. Mm -hmm. But, like, the thing is, it's only a two mana overhead. So if you're, like, playing Prosper, right? And get ready to hear me talk about that a lot, because there's a lot of this impulse exile draw effects. You know, it's going to be pretty easy to play all four of those, because each one you cast, you get a treasure for, you probably already have some treasures in play, and then you can dig... You've dug four cards deep for two mana. I mean, that's like, you know... It's pretty similar to a certain blue spell I know about, Ancestral uh, Visions. Mm-hmm. And, sac but, uh, and Sacrifice Visions, yes. <laughs> yeah, the Sacrifice is probably going to be an upside for you in the most most of the time. Okay. So I know, yeah. I think it's... I think it's bad. Unless you build around. I think it's bad unless you build around. Yeah. Like, I think it's good. Because four cards for two mana is just so much. And a creature, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, a creature, but yeah. If, if you really absolutely need an answer that turn and you have the mana, it can mm -hmm. be good. But I don't think any deck is going to be able to slot this. It's You're going to need to build around it. I don't think it'll do... It has potential. So it's, yeah. it's not necessarily bad, bad. It's mm -hmm. it's not great. It's okay. Like it, it's one of those cards where it's like you're gonna if you're playing Prosper, you're gonna include it. If not, see if you like keep an eye on it and see if you can fit it in there. Right. Uh, this next card, though, I do feel that this one we want to talk about a little bit because it's funny and amusing and interesting. Uh, Mage's <laughs> attendant. It's a two and a white for a cat rogue. When it enters the battlefield, you get a 1-1 one, one blue wizard token with pay one sacrifice this token creature, counter target non-creature spell unless it pays its controller pays one. It makes mana tithe wizards. <laughs> uh, it's so beautiful. And, and, uh, and a white deck where you can possibly card. blink this seems hilarious to me. Yeah. My gut reaction is this Mage's Attendant is good. It's... If you're playing... I, I'm gonna put this in, like, any Flicker deck I play. Probably not other decks, because, like, if they see it coming, they're just gonna leave up one extra mana. That's not a big deal. But, uh... Definitely in Flicker decks, this card, I'm gonna include it. I think... I think it's good. Yeah. And the right deck could be ugly, but in general, yeah, why not throw it into your mono white deck? Because you can. Uh, let's yeah, see. I like it. The next um, two are kind of bleh. One, it's just Snooping Newsy. You mill two cards. Okay, and then it pumps itself. Fairy Vandal. Uh, if you draw extra cards, you put a plus one plus or counter on it. Um, but it's only the second card, so it doesn't yeah, go. Yeah, it happens once. Yeah. Um, join the Maestros. Uh, five mana, make a big, big ogre. 
casualty too, so you can make two big ogres for five mana. Uh, meh. <laughs> this next card. Oh though. god. <laughs> Why? Like this card it is ugly. Such a busted mechanic. <laughs> like this card is ugly. Oh my god. Period. Card. That's what I'm saying here. This card is ugly. <laughs> do, you, do you want to explain this ugly, ugly card? Like I don't even want to look at it. Uh, actually, I think we should say this card is very beautiful. Like the artwork, they did a great job. <laughs> I know that's what, why I don't want to look at it because I'm like, oh, this is cool. Oh no, no, <laughs> it, it's it's a trap. <laughs> do, I do you know my favorite part about this card? Before we explain it, it says target player, not target opponent. <laughs> yeah, like I said, this card is ugly. Yeah, so it's four blue-blue. Uh, cut your losses. Four blue-blue for a sorcery with casualty two. So, I mean, casualty, like, one and two basically say the spell gets cast twice. Um, target player mills half their library rounded down. <laughs> so, like, let's say, let's say he casts on turn six with casualty, right? You target an opponent, they drew their seven cards, so they have 92 left in their deck, then they've drawn six more cards, so they have 84 cards, uh, wait, did I do that math right? 92, no, 86 cards left in their deck. They mill 43, and then they mill, uh, 21, so they've milled 64 cards. <laughs> it's just, it's ridiculous. If you're playing, uh... Any, like, uh, Leyline of the Void or something, this card's gonna just exile all of them. You can target yourself, which I'm probably gonna do. I gotta target myself and cast Living End. Or Living Death. <laughs> I'm just gonna <laughs> stick with my It's Ugly, because I'm gonna point out a particular Mono Blue copy commander from this set. <laughs> yeah, you can play the the Errant card with it. And yeah. Then copy the Casualty copy. So... For a total of nine mana, and, and one and one little creature that you don't care about, all three of your opponents are going to mill half their library. <laughs> or one opponent's going to go down to ten cards left. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's ugly, period. Like, I don't see... Anytime this card gets played, and it's gonna feel good. <laughs> yeah. It's it's oh ow, it, it's brutal. And I'll I, I, there's nothing else to say about it. Like you either mill yourself for your strategy, or you make your opponents hate you right away. And they exactly, they hope yeah. they they all start buying uh, Eldrazi Titans. Um, <laughs> um, this next one is what I feel is just a mono black wishes it was Lightning Helix with Casualty. I think it's bad. Yeah. Well, I think what's interesting. So it's one black uh, deal uh, deal one damage to target creature or planeswalker. If the creature planeswalker is taking damage this turn, deal three damage, and then you gain one or three life with the same dependent. Um, if you casualty it, the first damage happens to it. You gain one life, and then the second the copy will deal three if you choose the same target. So I think that's kind of interesting, but yeah. Overall, it's not that great, but I do like that it hits Planeswalkers. So I think that's its one saving grace, but it is sorcery speed, so... Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
You know, this next one's a mythic, but I actually really don't think it's that interesting. <laughs> it's a combat trick in blue that you can't use during other people's combats when it would matter. Or during your own combat. You have to use it before you get Yeah, when it enters or attacks, you have to draw two cards and discard a card. Okay, so that's all right. You pay six mana for a 5-4 flying, and you get a draw two, discard one. That's not too bad. You, yeah. you get a fatal saluting out of a blue flying creature. Okay. Whenever mm -hmm. you discard a card, target creature and opponent controls get minus X minus O until your next turn, where X is a number of different mana values of cards in your graveyard. Okay. okay but it has nothing to do with when your opponents are actually attacking you, when their attack values would matter the most. Yeah. I think it's, it's bad. Like, it's whenever you discard a card, but you're not getting that much value. Like, if you play, like, Frantic Search on your opponent's turn, you can make two of their creatures have small attacks. So it's like, if you're in blue, and you've got six mana, you, you've got ways to stop your opponent's attacks much better. I can only see this viable in a blink deck. Yeah, because, I mean, draw two cards, discard a card does net one. Like, I might stick this in Cedrus for a little bit and try it out, because it does net you a card and put fill up your graveyard a little bit. But it'd be mostly for the ETB, not the other ability. Right. I mean... Yeah. Unless someone's got something that makes the mana as a response uh, or whatever for the power of creatures. Like, you know, shrinking that might matter. But it feels like the secondary effect on it is... Meh. Yeah. It's very meh. And the ETB is pretty awesome meh for six mana. It's like wearing fancy socks when no one's going to see them. <laughs> it's, a, it's a surprisingly good comparison. <laughs> um, security rocks... 4 mana, 5, 4, but you can pay a red and a green to cast it if that mana came from treasures. Eh. I mean, 2 mana, 5, I, 4. I think it's interesting just for the fact that maybe this will be a mechanic we see more of in this set, and I like the idea of it. Uh, the unfortunate part that I don't want to see more of it is treasures, which means more treasures, which means... Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alright, now we get to one of the really interesting cards. Yeah, this card's sick. Uh, do you want to explain it? Alright, we got Cormella, Glamour Thief. One, and Grixis. So, blue, black, red. Legendary creature, vampire rogue. There's a couple of those. Um, yeah. And Grixis, the set. Uh, haste, for a two, haste 2-4. Pay one tap, add blue, black, red to your mana pool. Spend it only to cast instants and sorceries. Okay, that's good. Mm -hmm. uh, she's a gigantic fucking Grixis segment. Um, and when she dies, you return up to one instant of sorcery from your graveyard to your hand. What? Yeah. She's amazing. She's ramp. She's, uh, pseudo elvish mystic. I think, yeah. Dude, the, the thing, you, you pay, you play her for four. You pay one tapper, add Grixis. Then you mm -hmm. sack her to Astro's altar. You just profited mana and got a spell back from your graveyard to cast that spell. Well, you didn't profit mana, 
right? So you spent five mana for okay. four. Yeah, for her you got your mana. Back. You got your mana back. You, you lose one because you spend five mana and then you you add three and, and then you sack to Ashdod to get two. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. I yeah. can do math. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a college student. I swear. Basically, <laughs> for free, you get an instant or sorcery from your yeah. graveyard to your hand. Yeah, I mean that's so that's decent. Um, the I think the good thing about her is like if you let her rotate for a bit, and you get some mana off of her. I don't think she's going to be in the command zone too often. I feel like she's not the instant removal target uh, people will see on the field, but they want mm -hmm. to because she's just such a big dork for spell slinger decks. Yeah, and if those blue spells or whatever happen to untap her. Oh, <laughs> exactly. If I'm playing Cass, I'm definitely putting this card in the 99, unless I'm playing CDH Cass, obviously. But yeah, all in all, I think this card's pretty great. I think she's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's really good. Like, not ugly, because she herself is not the broken thing. It's whatever you do with her. But she's yeah. good, definitely. Um, Hideaway came back. Yeah, I love the fucking art of this card. <laughs> yeah, fight rigging, two and a green. Uh, yeah. You you love the art. You can talk about this one because I just like looking at it. Two and a green, hideaway five. So you look at your top five, exile one card face down underneath it, put the rest on the bottom. Uh, at the beginning of combat on your turn, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control. Then if you control a creature with power seven or greater, you may play the exiled card without paying its mana cost. So this is great. If you're playing a puzzle puzzle counter deck, you want it. If you're playing big creature decks, you want it. If you like the art of a giant uh, rhino man decking the shit out of somebody, you want the card. Like, <laughs> gosh, they like it's just you know it's a good card. It reminds me of the old greed hideaway land. Do you remember the name of that one? Yeah. Off the top of your head. Uh, no. Head. <laughs> Not yeah. off the top of my head. <laughs> but it, but it was it was cast a creature for free if you controlled another big creature, which is a good effect in green. Doubling up on your threats is good. Ramping them out early. Like, seven power is not that hard to get to in green. Like, you can play this on three and then realistically get the trigger on five, maybe four, depending on how good your uh, ramp's been. Because the right. trigger happens at combat, so you can play something main phase one and then... Uh, and then get the trigger. So, like, if you play a six-power creature, main phase one, fight rigging, put a puzzle puzzle encounter on it, you're at seven. Boom. Yep. Yeah. Uh, this next one, um, I don't like it. I think it's ugly because it's a it's a better mana leak. <laughs> yeah. Because um, when you're going to actually play simple. this card, it's going to be better than mana leak. Yeah. Casualty one, counter target spell unless it's controller pays two. For one in the blue. It's good. Yep. And I hate counter spells. So yes. So my brain automatically says ugly because I hate counter spells. Meh. Yeah. Uh, it's just good card. Not much to say about it. Yeah, we were gonna like stop going over cards that weren't that bad, weren't that great, but we've not had many opportunities for that. Um, yeah. At least our gut reaction bad. You you should do this one. Uh, yeah, professional face breaker. God, dude, this is the name. How do you have a how do you have a set with 
with Grix's vampire mafia family, and it's not my favorite family in the group. Because the Jun family is just beating the shit out of people. That's it. <laughs> it's two in a red for a 2-3 human uh, fighter, I think. Warrior. Brute. I don't know. It hasn't been translated. It's second creature type. But I'm going to assume humano means human. Uh, menace, whatever one or more creatures you control deal combat to a player, create, create Josh's favorite kind of token. <laughs> treasure token. Then you can sacrifice the treasure token, exile the top card of your library, you play that card in the street. This is fucking busted. <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> you can... You can sacrifice your excess mana to dig for more cards to spend your excess mana on. It's... It, I guess it is whatever one or more creatures deal combat damage to a player. So you can't... You aren't making, like, 13 treasure a turn. But it's still, like, if you're... If you are running any amount of treasure synergy in your command zone, like Magda... Prosper, something like that. You're gonna want this card. It's great. Or if you like mana and you're doing combat stuff. Yeah, because also three mana two three with sacred treasure exile the top card of your library. Even if it didn't make you the treasures, it would be good enough. The fact that it also makes you the treasures, like any two lines of this creature's text would be good. It's by itself, and then there's another. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and you can it gets you basically more card draw. I think it's fucking good. Yeah. I uh, This next card, I think, is more interesting because of its uh, art, but other than that, it doesn't seem that great to me. Yeah, it's a creature that when he's in your graveyard, you can pay five mana to Faithless Looting yourself. Yeah. In reverse but, uh, order. It's meh. Um, is it a rare no, it's, no it's, it's, it's a common. It's a common. Okay, it's good for a common, but in general, meh. Yeah. I think it's bad for Grixis. They have way better options. Exactly. Arcane Bombardment, on the other hand, is a pretty interesting card. Are, are you not a fan of this one? <laughs> uh, this is going to be ugly. <laughs> yeah, whenever you cast... It's four red-red. Whenever you cast your first insert sorcery spell each turn, uh, exile and insert sorcery card at random from your graveyard, then copy each card exiled with Arcane Bombardment. You may cast any number of those copies ugly <laughs> it's ugly it's exponentially growing it says each turn not on each of your turns so you can play this cast a cheap instant sorcery pass to your opponent cast like a lightning bolt get yeah it's ugh. it's it's hive mind without the hive <laughs> it's it's mind <laughs> yeah it's every turn this card gets stronger. And every turn, someone's going to play an extra turn spell. Yeah, that's the gross part. If you get an extra turn spell with this, you... Does the cards... The cards don't stay exiled, do they? Yes, you copy the card exiled. It doesn't change zones. Oh, gosh. So, yeah, actually, if you get an extra turn spell with this, you just win. <laughs> as long as you can cast it in sooner starts for each turn. Uh, yeah. Which, that'll be hard to do. <laughs> uh, yeah. You play the, yeah. the Grixis caster who dies, and you go get an instant or sorcery back. <gasps> it doesn't say where you cast it from. Yeah. So, you could cast a spell from your... You could cast a spell from your graveyard. Yeah, if you're playing Spell Slingers and are in red, you include this card in this card's and get ready to 
hate this card if you're not. <laughs> I do think that you have to have Ancestor Sorceries in your graveyard for the second part to happen, but I may be wrong. Um, if I'm wrong, Maybe. this card is busted. This is a card I'm going to have to read the Gatherer on after it comes out. <laughs> right. Um, because you, yeah. you have to exile an Instant or Sorcery card when you cast this, your first Instant or Sorcery. <coughs> but it automatically is going to be flashbacking whatever you exiled for free. So the thing is, like, even if that is the case, if you need one, after the first Instant or Sorcery you cast, you'll always have one Instant or Sorcery, because you always have the last one you cast, right? So if I Lightning Bolt don't have anything in my graveyard that's second ability fizzles, Lightning Bolt goes to my graveyard. Now I cast Time Warp. On the next I get turn. the Lightning Bolt, Time Warp goes into my graveyard. So there will always be, because it only exiles one at a time, and it can't exile the spell you're casting, there will always be one in your graveyard and after the first one. After the first one each turn. That each turn part keeps it somewhat okay but this card's still for casual it's busted for normal commander i think it's okay i think it's good it's gonna definitely have combo opportunities especially if people are playing extra turns in competitive that's a very possibility uh in casual this card can cause problems yeah um don't be a dick <laughs> <laughs> definitely don't be a dick extra turns are rude yeah. Like, especially when it's going to take you, like, 20 turns to do something one spell a turn, which becomes two spells, an exponentially slow death. Ugh. That being said, there's no way I'm not building a deck around this and putting, like, lightning bolt, lava spike, flame axe on this every turn and just burning people out. <laughs> that I'm okay with. And I want to, I want to feel the heat. My favorite, I've won commander in so many ways. My favorite one yet is lava axing somebody for five. Just <laughs> fuck them. Yeah, but, that does it. Yeah. Uh, shout out, my grandma finally got a card in this game, Evelyn. Uh. <laughs> yep, grand grandpa vamp, grandma vampire. Yep. <laughs> Steamed after my grandma, no other card. I talked to Mark Rose Waters. Uh, I'm gonna stop this bit. Uh, Evelyn, the covetous. This seems like a... I'm gonna be honest the... with you. I saw this card and we're like, there's too many words on it. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't think I understand it properly. <laughs> Alright, so the lady's got hybrid mana. That's where we'll yeah. start, because that's cool. Yeah. It's to so, a blue black hybrid, a black, and a black red hybrid. So yeah. she's very black. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh no. No. Uh oh. <laughs> no. That's not what Hey, so yeah, she's got flash too, right? <laughs> That's not what I meant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just giving you a tough time. I noticed. <laughs> now go ahead and talk about the weird shit she does. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, Flash 2-5, Vampire Rogue, Legendary Creature. Whenever Evelyn the Co Covetous or another vampire enters the battlefield under your control, exile the top card of each player's library with a collection counter on it. 
Once each turn, you may play a card from exile with a collection counter on it. If it was exiled by an ability you controlled, you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast. So it doesn't matter how it gets a collection counter. If it's your collection counter that exiled it, yeah. then you can play so it. I, I guess the thing is they, they said that. So like if you and me are both playing Evelyn the Covetous in a game, we don't like feed each other. Yeah, like, oh, I don't know, a certain Dothy Voidwalker problem where we start playing each other's Dothy cards. Ugh. But I, so I'm stupid. I'm really getting over them causing different things to be exiled with different counters. <laughs> I shouldn't have more exiled zones than I do graveyard and in play. Like, there's silver counters, there's void counters, there's uh, now Evelyn's collection counters, and stop it. I don't have enough playmat for my exile. You gotta get a deck box and write the name of, like, this is the collection counter exile. This no, is no, the shield no, this counter is, exile. This is Brian's there. collection counter. This is Josh's <laughs> collection counter. No! Uh, stop it. This is my Atali yeah. exile. This is my Nashi exile. This is... No! Stop it! All in all, a great card, though, I think. Uh, no, I think she's Grixis great. Grixis Vampires is a fun strategy. She doesn't seem unfair. Yeah, Grixis she... Vampires with an Atali effect? Yeah, let's go. Exactly. And then what I, what I like about this is you still have to play the cards. You can only play one card per turn. So you're not just going to, like, steal everybody's stuff and cast it ahead of time, which is, for me, where the feels bads about stealing comes, where they're like, they steal my stuff and they get it for free. It's like, well, fucking, you know. Oh, nope. My deck book nope. Better. I just realized why this card's ugly. Why is that? It doesn't say non token vampire. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> nope. Yeah. She, she's good. Like, <laughs> nope. End of story. You play her, you start dropping vampire tokens off of stuff, or you play conspiracy or the mask and make everything you play a, a vampire. And then you start shitting out tokens, and you're just exiling stacks of cards off of your opponents. And you basically have so much option advantage. And each turn, not each of your turns. So that, every single a, player's turn, you can use their responses. Mm -hmm. She's great. I, I guess the thing is, the a lot of the vampire token stuff is in white. So you, you do miss out on that. So I was going to build Timothar. Mono black vampires? Nope, nope. <laughs> Evelyn, I'm playing Evelyn mono yeah. black vampires now. <laughs> you could have played your mono back. Yeah, why mono not? Black. Because I can. I'm doing the same thing yeah. with with a uh, sapling, where he's black green <laughs> hybrid, but I'm going to build him mono black. Why not? And that's the yeah, only I mean, thing that might that. make this deck interesting because this bitch is busted. <laughs> Wait, you got to play her all mono black, but one mountain and a lightning bolt. Just, just in case you need the extra three damage. <laughs> nah, I, I think I'll play one blue red land. Um, just so I can play, make people turn them into uh, legitimate business people. Exactly. That's <laughs> that's pretty good. And you'll also have uh, you can still run the signets too for like just ramp, right? Because oh. the signets are just good ramp. Yeah, why not? To play more vampires. 
even if you are mono black. Yeah. Um, like just using it as colorless mana. Yeah, why not? I mean, it's the same profit as playing a Mind Stone in this kind of a situation, but if I steal something of theirs and it has an activated ability, why not have more mana sources? You know? Yeah. Because I can spend any mana to cast the cards she plays, but the, if they have activated abilities, you know, I'm going to want the right mana. So having mana options, even in Grixis, for white and green, um, like Command Tower and such, is going to be essential for her. Because, yeah, I will play Command Tower in a mono black Evelyn deck. Yeah, why not? Fuck it. No, she's she's good. She's great. Yeah. And if you play her full Grixis, she's probably busted. And she's actually ugly. Um, except for the alternate, it's awesome. But no, Grandma, Grandma Evelyn, she will fuck your shit up. <laughs> I'll have to send that sound bite to Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! Well, well, there's gonna be the our our uh, another listener to our podcast. She's gonna be like, look, they're talking about me. See, Grandma Evelyn is a gangster. I'm OG. I will fuck your shit up. Even even yeah. my friends in the street know. <laughs> Listen, you if you live in Baltimore for long enough, you do just become a gangster. Yeah. Um, and you don't mess with grandmas, dude. So, make sure uh, Diabolus seems pretty. Fun wait, wait, wait. There. Okay, important question. Oh yeah. Does she go by Grandma, Nana? Or Mima, Grandma. All right, yeah, she OG. Let's just <laughs> She's go. OG. Original um. Grandma. <laughs> oh God. Uh, Major Diabolist. Uh, it costs one black red. Death touch haste when it attacks. If you don't control a devil, you make a one one devil. That when it dies, it pings. It's um, it's like the the goblins that went, or some of the white creatures when they attack, they make more of the things. But this one makes things that when they die, they deal more damage. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. It's good. It only makes you can only have one. It only works if you don't have one in play. But I guess it's it's casualty fodder for all of your casualty one spells. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's notably, like casualty, unlike a merge, you can't sacrifice two one ones to casualty right. two. You have to sacrifice a two two or greater. Exactly. But it generates tokens. Yeah, it generates a uh, token. So it's it's okay. I just, eh, you know. Oh, man. If you need tokens, you have better options. What do you think about Maestro Ascendancy? Because I like this oh, card. Oh, God. This, this card... Remember that creature we were talking about? Who's a commander? Who's a mana? Yo. Once during your turns, you can cast an instant or sorcery spell from your graveyard by sacrificing a creature in addition to paying its costs. If the spell cast this way, will be put into your graveyard, exile instead. Okay, so you get your uh, your Grixis Vampire that taps for Grixis mana. You can cast a spell from your graveyard by sacrificing her in addition to its costs. And then when she dies, you get another spell from your graveyard to your hand. Yeah. Just 
insane value. It's cast, but you have to sacrifice a creature. Oh, darn. Yeah. Oh, look, I, I swing with that 1-4. I make a devil token. I can cast this from my graveyard now by sacrificing this devil token, and you get pinged for one for free. Like, it's easy value. This card's great. For blue, black, red, they're, if you're playing Grixis, why the fuck not? Exactly. And it once during each of your turns, though, that's the only thing. Yeah. But, oh man, you just board wiped and they rebuilt their board state. Do it again. All in all, just a good card. I think if you're playing Grixis Spellslingers, you should include them in the deck. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Next card looks like uh, bad. Maestro's Theater? <laughs> Maestro's Theater looks like the next good card. <laughs> uh, uh, actually, I'm kind of okay with Unlicensed Dispatch. It's right. it's three and two black. Um, some of you are gonna be some of you are gonna be pretty familiar with um, the the demonic uh, tutor, where not demonic tutor itself, but one like it, where it's three and two black, uh, and it has demonic rites of bells and lock. I think no, the the one that uh, has the mastery or whatever, where you get three mana afterwards. Oh yeah, yeah the the dark ritual tutor, uh, dark petition. Uh, yep. I feel this is kind of similar. So for five, yeah. with casualty three, you search for your library for a card, put that card into your hand, and shuffle. So for five mana, you're getting a Grim Tutor and a Diabolic Tutor. A Demonic Tutor. Mm -hmm. Sorry, a Demonic Tutor and a dia uh, Diabolic Intent for five mana in one card. Yep. So you search for two cards by sacrificing a three-cost creature. I think that's really good. Yeah, it's... So the thing, it's a five-mana overhead, so it's probably not CDH playable, but actually looking at it now, I think if you're playing casual commander and you can afford to spend a turn paying five mana, it's worth it, right? Like, if you're playing a game where after tutor for two cards, you're not trying to win on that same turn, if you're playing a game where tutor for two cards is just, like, to get you more value and stuff, mm -hmm. um, this card's great. Yeah, it sets uh, you up for whatever you're doing. But yeah, Maester's Theater, definitely the next great card I, I wanted to mention. And yeah. that this card tells me there's going to be four other cards like it. Um, I hope so. It's a common. It's a land. When it enters the battlefield, you sacrifice it. When you do, you search your library for a basic island, swamp, or mountain card. Uh, you put it on the battlefield tapped, then shuffle and you gain one life. Wow. Like, I like the panoramas uh, for three color decks or more, sometimes two colors. And this is great. I like it. Because yeah. you don't even have to activate it. You just boom, boom, done. If you're playing any sort of lands matter, I think this is going to be something that the other four tribes have too. So any kind of landfall deck, you're going to want this in there. Just immediately activates double landfall triggers. It's a good card. Yep. And this is this is gonna be amazing. I really like these cards. And for commons, it means they're not gonna be hard to get rid of hard to get. Like it's gonna help yeah. with casual players getting in for easy mana fixing because they'll be able to get Evolving Wilds, Terramorphic Expanse, um, the 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 new the the Capenna Panoramas. The Capenoramas. And um, and then the original panoramas. 
that are the exact same colors wheel. So if the Capenoramas and the regular Panor I'm calling them Capenoramas now. That just came out too easy. Yeah. Um Yeah, I think they're great. Yeah. There's All not just a lot of people say, Oh, they don't tap for man. I'm like, yeah, but then they'd be just a panorama. This is the how they make the same card but not the same, but still interesting. Yeah, it's like, it's different Evolving Wilds. You get the life gain, but it's only three specific colors, but it activates instantly, you don't have to tap it, but that's not really a problem for Evolving Wilds. All in all, I like it, but... Yeah. And then it fills your graveyard, too, which is good. Definitely. Alright, so, I think we skip Corpse Examiner. Yeah. It's just a graveyard shuffling up and adding more, but not really focused and in Grixis for three mana there's other ways of doing that you know but mm -hmm. if you can play stuff from your exile it seems great but it's gonna it's in general I think it's gonna be bad three three creature that's it now we're getting we to some of the commanders, commanders here yeah. now they may be just the inserts possibly but these seem like commanders yeah. Do you want to do the Jund one? I know you like Jund. <laughs> I want to do the Jund one. The Beamtown Bullets. <laughs> or the, the, Beam the Beamtown Town Bullies. Bullies. That's definitely yeah, a, yeah. a mistranslation, for sure. From English. It's, it's, they mistranslated yeah, it in English. English. Listen, it's a really low-quality photo. <laughs> yeah, the Beamtown Bullies. But the Beamtown Bullets does sound like the local sports team in the area. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's one, and then... John, so one black, red, green for a 4-4. Four, four. Ogre, Devil, Warrior. Um, Vigilance, Haste, Tap. Target opponents whose turn it is puts target non-legendary creature card from your graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. It gains Haste. Goat it at the beginning of the next end step. Exile. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, you get to say, hey, give me a creature for my neck to use on my next turn. It has to attack, but it can't attack you. Um, so I think I, I like reanimated. <laughs> I think this will be great. Dude, you just, you can do so much shit with this. It's hilarious. You yeah, just, and you get to make deals. You can force deals. Mm -hmm. You're like, Hey, here's the Scytherix and you have to attack with it. And whoever you attack is going to be really mad at you. <laughs> no, no. It goes into the battlefield under your control, not the person who chooses. No. They choose the creature. No, it goes under the... Oh, under, under their control. Under their control and goad it. Oh. And it gets hate. That's even better. Here, have a Blightsteel. <laughs> <laughs> who are you going to make an enemy out of for the rest of your life? <laughs> and the, other, the other thing is... So this is a deck where you're gonna want, not going to want to play a lot of high-value ETBs, because they get the <laughs> ETB. But you are going to want to play super good attack triggers. You, The stuff gets exiled afterwards, so you can't, like, they can't abuse... Oh, I mean... And then if it dies during combat, it goes back to your graveyard. Dude, this guy has haste. Four mana, four, four, vigilance haste. Already good stats. Haste. So, you can do this the instant it comes into play get an ETB effect that's bad. Yeah. Are you familiar with Phage? <laughs> well, they choose the creature. No. Target opponent, whose turn it is, puts target non-legendary creature from your graveyard on the battlefield. They don't target, you do. 
Are you sure? It would say something like target opponent chooses oh, a creature wait. in your graveyard. It's non-legendary though. So you can't okay, but you get the idea. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good point too. You can get bad ETBs. You can also activate it on your. Uh, oh no, it's target opponent. Wow. So yeah, that's bad ETBs. So you can run this like pseudo Zedru. <laughs> yeah, this card's interesting. There's gonna be a lot of cool stuff I think you can do with it. I'd keep an eye out for this card. You could yeah. give someone. Um, you know that uh, that zombie that I play. Um, where at the end step, you have to eat, you can discard two cards and sacrifice it to get rid of it. Um, but at your end step, if it's still under your control, you sacrifice all your other creatures. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. No, this guy's great. I think he's great. I think he's cool. He's not ugly. And he's unique. Yet. He's not ugly yet. Um, he could be, but I think in general mm -hmm. he's good. Especially yeah. as a commander, because you're going to build around that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, yeah. another Grixis legendary. Um, so, Parnas, a subtle brush, two and a Grixis. 4-4. Four, four. Okay. Understated. But there's probably a reason. Whenever you or a permanent you control becomes a target of the spell or ability opponent controls, counter that unless they pay for life. What? <laughs> um, whenever you copy a spell, up to one target opponent may also copy that spell. They may choose new targets for the copy. What? Yeah, I think this is super interesting. So you can play this like group hug, right? You can be like, you can be like, I'm gonna casualty out people mill half their deck i'll give it to you like group all right maybe not group hug single person hug i'll give you a copy of it if you also target somebody with it but if you're gonna target me you have to pay for life yeah i think it's super cool especially if somebody's trying to if they're low life you can cast a counter spell or something and have the low life person copy it and then it just gets countered because yeah. they can't pay for life Exactly. All in all, or you I start taxing I... people with spells they don't want to cast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like cards that say discard your hand, draw one or something. You know. <laughs> yeah. Here, have the, take take this, eh? <laughs> you want this, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, just like big Beamtown bullies. Um, all in all, like a cool unique card i think this will be like a fun different deck that that we haven't really seen much of before <laughs> spell hug spell hug it's hive mind but with a downside <laughs> where yeah. they where they pretty much always copy everything you do it's gonna be good um, i don't think it's gonna be ugly because obviously your your good spells are gonna get cast by your opponents but good yeah this next card is something I've been waiting for for a while. It's a voting commander. So it's Tivit, Seller of Secrets. It's three white, blue, black for a 6-6 six, six, flying ward three sphinx rogue with Council's Denumma. Whenever Tivit enters the battlefield or deals combat damage to a player, starting with you, each player votes for evidence or bribery. For each evidence vote, investigate. For each bribery vote, create a treasure. While voting, you may vote an additional time. 
the votes can be for different choices or the same choice. I love this. You, it's wall voting on anything. So if you run other vote cards, you get two votes. Um, you get so I mean you can at minimum get two treasures and three investigates. Like there's no split of this that seems bad. Not to mention six six for six. Okay, flying. Okay, ward three. Yeah. Wow. It's huge. <clears throat> and and the fact that you double your votes always, and it's an Esper, so there's lots of great vote cards there. Mm-hmm. Now, the Cancel's Dilemma, like, obviously, this guy is a shoe-in for playing a politics deck. Like, yeah. I think he's going to be ugly. <laughs> I'll probably turn my Shadrick Silver Quill deck into this guy. Add blue, take out some stuff. And that's how I know it's going to be ugly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you automatically convert something else to this guy, yeah, it's going to be... It can be fun. And like, it, yeah. it, there's, I don't think there's a situation where that guy's bad. No. Like, because even if they're just removing him over and over again, the Ward 3 makes it so they have to spend a lot of their turn to do so. And Ward is discard or pay that much? No, it's just pay that much. Yeah, Ward still. is pay the cost. So there's some Ward that's like discard a card, there's some that says Ward 3 mana, so in this case it's just 3 extra mana. All right. Well, yeah, he's just good. Yeah. Um, next, we got a Naya card. That's yeah. really cool. Uh, <laughs> a, another mechanic uh, from something else has appeared. Yeah, like, double old conspiracy mechanics. Yeah, we got the Council's Judgment, and now we have Parlay. Parlay. Yeah. Uh, do you want to explain this? Oh one? yeah, you got the last one because yeah, that one's cool too. So, Fabine, Boss's Confidant, uh, three in Naya, so six mana for a three-six cat advisor. So, she's a cat boss, and I know some people are going to build her just because of that, and she's fancy. Um, creature tokens you control have haste. Okay, cool. Like, yeah. three-six that says all my tokens have haste? That's a great Naya card. But wait, oh, there's more. Parlay. At the beginning of combat on your turn, because that's what you're going to do with t- hasty tokens, each player reveals a top card of their library. For each land card revealed this way, you get a 1-1 green and white legitimate business person, citizen, uh, creature token. Then creatures you control get plus 1, plus 1 until end of turn. For each non-land card revealed this way, then each player draws a card. Yeah, so in our last episode, we talked about Rafine, Xandar, and Jetmir. I think I said Jetmir was like a card that you don't want in the command zone. You just want to slap them down as a surprise. This is the deck for it. This is the deck where you go Fabine on turn six with some tokens in play. Next turn, you go Jetmir main phase combat Fabine, make a bunch of tokens. They're huge. They've got double strike haste and like plus three, plus oh. Bruh. And they're all citizens, so you could play yeah. tribal citizens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tribal legitimate business people. <laughs> so, the, the thing about this card, this card goes into the... If you're playing Naya tokens, this card always goes into the 99, I feel. And then at the end of the day, you've got to ask yourself, do you want this or Gearhead Conclave Exile? I think both have their merits, 
I think at the end of the day, if you want to go wide tokens, you play this, and if you want to go big tokens, you play Gearhead. All I know is, is when I get my holiday zone back in November, I'm getting Fabine and Jetmir. Yeah. Period. <laughs> like, yes. They're amazing it, for token decks. Yep. Yeah. Let me add to that token thing. And then if you can afford Haze Zone, you play him instead. <laughs> yeah, he'll still be in the command zone, period. Because he's yeah. going to be the one making all the tokens. But then Fabine's going to come out and make more? Like, make more tokens and the pump tokens them? Haste. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. And she's oh. like three pumps. She's like three cards that I play in the Haze Zone in one. <laughs> she's a haste outlet. She's a draw outlet. She's a pump spell and a token generator. Yeah. Let's go. Um, I could actually take out uh, Truce and for her. <laughs> so I don't have to give my opponent's cards as a sorcery. <laughs> oh, this one. This card. It's it's A. Yeah. There's a lot of A cards. Curious briefcase. It's a five color... It's a five color clue stone. Yep. <laughs> there you go. It's a five-color clue. That's a good way to put it. Um, other than that, counter-target non-creature spell uh, for one blue. Its controller creates two treasures. Great card in CDH, I feel like it's going to be. Wait, but, uh, be are, we looking, at, are we looking at the right card? Uh, I'm looking at an offer you can't refuse. I was looking at... Oh, did you want to say I was looking something at, about... I was looking at Courier's Briefcase. Oh, no, no, I already saw that. I was just... It's five-color clue stone. Yep. Next. <laughs> a light em up is Sorry. a casualty shock. Um, yeah. Incriminate. Um, it's like a diabolic edict, but you choose to, and they pick one, so it could be yeah. good. But for a common, it's not bad. I think it's good. Yeah. You basically say, "Oh, you got two biggies, pick one." Yeah. But they have to have two. I think it'll be cool. Yeah, offer you can't refuse. There's been some uh, discussion about this. The card name is amazing. Like, yeah. Thematically, it's a cool card, but. Counter targeting your spell, its controller creates. A lot of people say, just counter your own spells. And I'm like, mm. no. I'm not going to spend two cards and, like, however much mana to make two treasures. I mean, I might in the lady that says my opponents automatically copy my spells. <laughs> and that's a good point. And I, I'm going to cast it, countering, targeting someone else's spell or whatever. And then I'll target someone else's thing. And say you can counter this as well, or not. You know, like you can stack some counters and play politics with it, I guess, or counter yeah. your own thing and try and profit. But eh. keep keep your eyes on this card. If you play CDH, I think this card's decent because you know giving an opponent two treasures is a, is a big downside in CDH. I feel, but if it's keeping them from winning the game, it's pretty good. So, yeah. But you could use it as an instant to uh, stop something on your own stack that suddenly becomes bad. You know? Yeah. And then you get treasure out of it, maybe. You know, might recover from a situation. Um, We've got Rumor Gatherer. Uh, Alliance as a mechanic we haven't seen yet. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, scry one. This is the second time this ability is resolved this turn. Draw instead, so it's Whenever creature ETBs do something, if it's the second time that's happened, do a better thing. Yeah. Um, white draw at the end of the day. 
Essentially, um, yeah. Good card. And it's doesn't say non-token, so... Yeah. So yeah, you scry one for each creature the first time, and then the next time, you draw. Okay, cool. Every time after that, you scry again, so it's, you know, it's decent. Um... We've got a cycle of ETB tap lands, the enemy colors. They enter tap, tap for one of the enemy col- uh, ally colors, one of the ally car- colors, sorry. Then you can pay two, and then two more mana of each of the ally, one mana of each of the ally colors, or four mana in total. Sacrifice the land, draw a card. Uh, Cluestone lands. Yeah, Cluestone lands. That's a better way to put it. Decent card. They're all right. They're playable and casual, for sure. I think and, Especially have... if you're on a budget. Yeah, for sure. And if you need draw. Because they do that, yeah. which means you're probably also playing the clue stones. So go for it. If you're playing on a budget, these will be in it. I don't see them going above a quarter, personally. Yeah, I'd be shocked. <laughs> no, they're definitely not shocks. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, this guy's interesting. Nim- yeah, nimble, nimble Arsonist? Oof. Yeah, he seems... You, you want to explain him? Yeah, uh... Esper mana, so blue, white, black to play him, 2-1 flying. Um, when he enters the battlefield, target opponent reveals their hand, you choose an artifact, instant, or sorcery card from it, and exile that card. Uh, that can be good, but of course we don't see a lot of cards that single target player reveal, or we would see more of like uh, the grasp type effects, where you just look at their hand, pick a card, mm-hmm. to exile it, or discard it. I mean, it could be good. But of course, there's a lot of people that are playing things that play from their exile. So, I, I think he's, I think he's bad. Yeah. Interesting, but bad. Oh, this one's ugly. Vivian on the hunt. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I've already. Nope. <laughs> this card's ugly. Good. Like, I. Ugh, there's so many combos. Four green, green for a four loyalty legendary planeswalker Vivian. By the way, can I just mention? Can we get some Guru cards? Like, <laughs> my man's has gotten like two cards in the past eight years. You know, <laughs> ain't he dead? No, he's uh he's traveling with the Kenriffs. There you go. But uh, but he wasn't on Strixhaven, so you know I'm mad about so, it. You you tell us what this card does, and I will tell you how it's already been broken. Uh, so plus, so it comes with four loyalty. Plus two, you may sacrifice a creature if you use your library. For a creature card with a converted mana value, equal to one plus the sacrifice of creature's mana value, put onto the battlefield, then shovel. So, pot. Birthwalker. Plus two is pot. Yep. Yep. M- plus one. Mill five cards, then put any number of creature cards milled this way into your hand. Minus one, create a four four uh, rhino warrior creature token. So how's this card been broken? Because it seems pretty tame to me. All right. So here's what we're doing. We're going to play Naya. All right? All right. All right. So I'm going to explain to you in a few cards how this card breaks. All right. So I've got a land of war elf and a one cost creature and a three cost creature in play. Uh, probably wood elves to go get another forest or whatever to get Vivian out faster. So plus two, I sacrifice the wood elves. I go get uh, the white creature that bounces a permanent when it comes into play. Bounce Vivian. Vivian comes back. I sacrifice <laughs> the the white creature I just went got a uh, guardian guardian Felidar guardian yeah sacrifice that yeah go get Kiki Jiki. 
No, it's... Is that the order? No, because Felidar Guardian's four, so you need to sacrifice a three to get to Guardian, and then you need to sacrifice yeah. a different four to get to Kiki-Jiki, and then you Kiki-Jiki fell No, no, no. Guardian. I think... Uh, yeah, I think you sacrifice the one... But in all, you end up having Kiki Jiki, Felidar, and Vivian out. And you just turn that one one into whatever. Like and it ends up having like um the creature that when it comes into play, get a creature from your graveyard back into play. And you end up Kiki Jikiing uh Felidar Guardian to get that guy back to you end up using Kiki Jiki on that guy yeah. to get your Felidar Guardian back into play to bounce the Kiki Jiki to make oh. another uh, token of the the white grave creature. I forget its name. Yeah, Karmica. I, I found yeah. the loop. Yeah, that. Online. But yeah. that's the end loop. But you only need to start with a one cost and a three cost and Vivian. And it gets there. So the the... The way, the quick way to do it is you play Plane Bound Accomplice from Modern Horizons 1, uh, two and a red for a 1-3. Uh, you can pay red, put a Planeswalker from your hand onto the battlefield, sacrifice it to be in the next end step. Activate it, put Vivian into play, um, sack Plane Bound, get Feldar Guardian, flicker Vivian, sack Feldar Guardian, get Karmic Guide, um, bring that Guardian, flicker Vivian, sacrifice Karmic Guide to Vivian, get Kiki Jiki, go up make infinite hasty copies of Feldar Guardian. Or or Karmic Guide. Either way. <laughs> oh, no. Karmic Guide's in your graveyard. Yeah, you to constantly. You to get Kiki-Jiki. Yep. But, yeah, it just goes. Yeah, I think it's cool. You know, and that's a pretty fragile combo, because it loses to any removal spell or um, counter spell for the planar plane bound or graveyard hate. <laughs> or if you have to hard cast it in. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, but I think she's ugly. She's another, another birthing pod, which just opens the door to problems. Yeah. She's an actual birthing pod, unlike the thing we talked about earlier. Yeah, evolving door. Yeah. Which, yeah, I, I was put... funny, I, I wanted to call that revolving door, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. I'll probably put her in my Karth the Lion deck, and uh, just use her minus one as a zero to make a bunch of tokens. And people would be like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you got, like, this high power commander, and they're like, well, and I want... Four force. <laughs> I just, I just want to, I just want a weaker mints and boo. Um, yeah. So next card, uh, strangle. It's a sorcery lightning bolt that doesn't hit players. Yep. As a rare. Whatever. Okay. In standard, yeah. maybe. Draft, maybe. Commander, bad. Yeah, it's just not good. Oh look, murder. Um, yeah, murder reprint with some sick fucking art. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Because, yeah, you know that's ob. That's got to be ob. Yeah. That, no, I mean, if you read the the flavor text, it's definitely op. I like how you can't see him, though. You can just see his wings and his hand. And it looks like he's saying, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I I think I said this last episode. I dislike how we're getting all these cool new characters introduced, and they're gone. <laughs> because Ob's killing them, and that makes me happy. Yeah. I do <laughs> like that Ob's getting his time as Lionel. I think Capetta should have been a two-set. I, I, I don't mind the one... the us getting one sets every now and uh, a lot. I know you aren't the biggest fan of it, but I think Capenna should have been two sets. Yeah. I think one set to set up all the families and another set for Ob to kill all At the families. At least two. Yeah. Like, this set had so much going for it, and 
I already feel like this is we're actually on Phyrexia. <laughs> yeah. Like they people think Capenna's a new place. No, I think this is literally Phyrexia. That that's why Urabrask is here. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, is that is that your uh, theory? <laughs> yes, I believe this is Phyrexia. A hundred percent. I don't know about that one, Josh. <laughs> but we'll we'll carry on. Uh, Chromecat. <laughs> eh. Phyrexia or Mirrodin, one of the two. Um, wherever the demons and angels and Phyrexians fought, that's where this is. Um, Chromecat. When Aaron's Battlefield Sky one. Okay, cool. Bad. Do you want to do the next card? <laughs> yes. Yeah, Obnixilus the Adversary. One black red for a three loyalty planeswalker. Nixilus. My man. Back in the game. Finally. And he's the adversary. I always knew he'd be the next villain. Take that, Ob. I mean, take that Bolus, the other OB. Um, casualty X. The copy isn't legendary. He's a planeswalker with casualty. So he's going to come in and make copies of himself. Casualty X. The copy isn't legendary. So you're having a non-legendary planeswalker and it has loyalty X. So whatever you sacrifice, that's how big the copy's coming in. Yeah. Each opponent, for plus one, each opponent loses two life unless they discard a card. If you control a demon or devil, you gain two life. Cool. Um, minus two. Create a 1-1 one, one red devil token. When it dies, you deal one damage to your target. Cool. You know, versatile, fair, fun. Minus seven. Target player draws seven cards and loses seven life. So I'm going to cast this guy for three mana. I'm going to sacrifice a seven power creature. And then I'm with my copy of Obnixilis. I'm going to draw seven cards and lose seven life. Freaking A, man. Gri gr yeah. Grizz Nixlebrand. Let's go. He's pretty. I think that's pretty good. I think his other two abilities are really bad, though. <laughs> like, like, that's the balance of it, though. Like, yeah. He can come in and duplicate himself, so you're going to be able to do those meh abilities twice. Yeah, Even if I you don't bite a seven. I think the ideal is you, uh, like, sack something with eight or more power, so the copy can alt, then stay there, and then the other one can start ticking up with his plus one, and then they have to get rid of two planeswalkers to stop you from doing it again. Right. But, yeah. And you can play... And even if you have to, even if the regular one dies, you can bring it back with, like, uh, Yawgmoth's Bargain or something like that, you know? Yeah. Ways to bring your Planeswalker back. He's pretty cool. But even if you just go bring him out for three, and then you sack a one, the copy comes with one, and then you plus one both of them, each of your opponents is losing four life, two life, and discarding a card, or discarding two cards. And if I control a demon or devil, I gain four life. So one could the the original one could minus two make a devil the other one could plus one i gain two life and they all uh pay two life unless they discard yeah that's freaking great i think it's a great it's weird for grixis but that's what makes it great i mean make I weird he, for rakdos but it's i great. like how he's designed i think he's a very well designed card he has multiple ways you can use him and that's mm -hmm. awesome and I love that he's the adversary. That name is just... <laughs> mm. ah. oh. So, next we have Cut of the Prophets. X, black, black, casually three. Draw X cards, lose X life. It's a good card draw. 
I like yeah. it, but you're gonna want to pay four for the spell and copy it. Yeah, you you don't want to pay too much. Uh, at minimum, you want to pay four and copy it. That's what I'm saying. Um, because at four, it becomes four mana for four life, four cards, and sack one creature. Yeah, that's the only way that it balances out with the other two cost spells: that sack a creature to draw two, lose two. Yeah. If you pay you it, wanna... play it for less than four, it's bad. Yeah. So if X is so, do you mean X is four or X is two? X is two. Yeah, X is two. So I think I think X is. I I would never make X more than five. I think with this card. Oh yeah, because you're gonna kill yourself. But you know, yeah. black. <laughs> In, unless I'm winning the game. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. Next up, we have these really. Oh. <laughs> getaway car is funny. Getaway car is funny. It's three for a four three haste crew one, whatever it attacks or blocks return a creature card. That was crewed this way. That crewed it into your hand. It's okay. It's cool. It's uh, it's flicker effects. <coughs> so if you have a one yeah. one that crewed it or a zero three, um, <laughs> you could bounce it back to your hand. Like, this is a cool way to get, like, a dual caster mage back to your hand or something. You know, something with a flash mm -hmm. effect. Yeah. Mysterious Limousine. 3 white, white, 4 4 artifact vehicle. When it enters the battlefield or attacks, exile up to one other target creature until Mysterious Limousine leaves the battlefield. If a creature is put into exile this way, return each other card exile of Mysterious Limousine to the battlefield under its owner's control. I think it's cool. Yeah, get in, we're going shopping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you can bring it in, exile one of your own creatures, uh, crew it, uh, give it haste and boros, swing, uh, exile an opponent's creature, bring your creature with the ETB back, and do something cool. Like, I think it's cool. It's not busted, but it's good. I think it's good. Ah. Um, yes. This card's a letdown. <laughs> I'm excited for the character, but this card's a letdown. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely not as strong as the other Praetors, but that's the way that Urabrask has always been. Yeah. Urabrask, Heretic Praetor, 3 and 2 red, Brexian Praetor, you know, 4-4 four, four haste. Okay. At the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of your library. You may play that. Play it this turn. Okay, cool. <laughs> Um, at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, the next time they would draw a card this turn, instead they exile a top card of their library. They may play it this turn. Okay, so why I like this card is you're going plus one every turn that he's in play. Um, mm -hmm. And he doesn't actually give your opponent's advantage. He They get the same amount of cards they would get and doesn't give them an extra way to play that card that he exiles. Um, but it also gives everyone information on what your opponent drew. Now, people are saying, oh, just combine this with that white creature that says you can't play cards except from your hand. But he's still good on his own. Like, yeah. It's a hand advantage for you, because you're getting an extra card on your turn. Your opponents aren't. Mm-hmm. And if you're playing Prosper and Urabrask is in there, Prosper's going to go nuts. Yeah. Because you're going to get an extra card every single turn to use for proper. I think he's great. I think he's really I think, I think underestimated. He's, a good card. he's good. 
He's not ugly. He's, he's good. He's like the older Rask. He's it's a really good effect. It's just not as flashy as the other Praetors, right? Like if you, like he's a good card. You're gonna put him in your decks. He's gonna play well, but compare him to the other Praetors, and he's suddenly like, it's it's a little sad. <laughs> okay, this next card is another one that I'm looking at it going, oh god, it doesn't say non-token. Yeah, well, but you can only get three ability activations of it a turn. Only three. Yeah, because you can only choose uh, an ability that hasn't been chosen yet. So? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it, so Gallagreeters is the card we're talking about. It's one in a green for a 1-1 one, one alliance whenever another creature enters battlefield under your control. Choose one that hasn't been chosen. Put a counter on it, create a treasure, create a tapped treasure, gain two life. I mean, like, if you're getting all three each turn, he's getting a counter, you're creating mana for your next turn, and you're gaining two life. So it's like, this is a card that'll be strong if you can copy him, I feel like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This guy feels like he's an auto-include in Simic decks. Yeah. Especially if you're playing something that untaps all your permanents on opponent's turns, and uh, maybe gives you flash. Yeah. Yeah, the, the big thing about him is he makes a treasure. Like, that's going to be the one you pick first all the time. And, like, if you if you only get the treasure out of him, you're, that's the majority of his value. Like, the counter on him and the two life aren't that big of a deal. Right. Um, other notable thing, uh, I believe this is the box topper for the set, and there's going to be different art for depending on the language of the box you bought. <laughs> okay. I wish there was a Gala Greeter for different houses. That would be cool. Yeah, that'd be nice. But I guess I guess the thing is, like, not all the houses have green. Oh, God. There's, like... Holy crap. There's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. There's 11 different art for this card. Yeah. It's great. They're all in different languages. Um, and different art styles and party styles. Yeah, that's the other thing. They're, like, completely different art styles, too. They're not, like, the same style, but just different characters. I like it. I think I'll probably pick up, uh, I believe it was the Italian version. It looked pretty good. I think I'm a fan of... I think it's German. The, the Gala Bagruber? <laughs> yeah, I think that one's German. <laughs> it's got the two elves, and looks like one's singing and one's dancing. Yeah. Oh, gotta put MTG at the end of that. Uh, different art per region. Here it is. Uh, so there's the English Gallic Readers. Classic. And he said different art per region, but only posted one. I hate Reddit. <laughs> um, yeah, it doesn't say which region the card, the, the different arts are from. Yeah. But if, you, mean... if you're on MTG Spoiler and you click on the card, you can see all the different arts. Oh, you can? Yeah. Wow, this website is so good. <laughs> uh, there we go. So Yeah, we're not sponsored by MTGSpoiler.com. We just abuse every resource we have available to us. Yeah. Like ManaBaseCrafter.com. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the two elves in there, like, seeing... That looks like a... That looks like a supper club, almost. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever been to one of those. Yeah, it feels very Capenna. Yeah. The, the one next to it is the Italian one I like. Yeah. I did kind of like the one that looked Egyptian next to it yeah to the left uh personnel the french one yeah that one i kind of like that just because i like that's the 
I like Egypt. I like the history and stuff that goes with it. It's really cool. Yeah. But all of these arts are really great. Like, I think the Chinese has the two the two elves that look like they're breaking stuff as they're trying to get people in. Like, all these arts are great. I think they're amazing. And yeah. you can get one to have the right style and feel you want. They're amazing. <laughs> I think it's, it's a cool. good card. Not broken, but good. And the art yeah, it's a... is the art is great. That's the main thing. If you're playing this card, it's mostly because you really like the uh, art style stuff. Well, we're um, we're nearing the nearing the end, but we've got a, a couple of juicy picks here left. Yeah. Do you want to do the planeswalker? The card to the right of it, that commander underneath the planeswalker, uh, the Jun commander, and then the two house leads we haven't done yet. Well, the. That one red creature over there, yeah, he's a thing. Yeah, do you, all right. Do you want to do the planeswalker, the card next to it, and then the legendary creatures we haven't done yet? Yeah. All right. So Elspeth Resplendent, three and two white. Uh, planeswalker, Elspeth, uh, five loyalty, plus one. She's up to one target creature. Put a plus one plus ground right from among flying, first strike, lifelink, or vigilance. Um... Remember that thing we were talking about with the, the blue-white spell that made the fish? Yeah. <laughs> this is how the fish gets broken. Um, so, yeah. Then minus three. Look at the top seven of your library. You put a permanent with value three or less from onto the battlefield with a shield on it. Put the rest of the bottom of the library in a random order. Uh, that's really good. Um, because a shield stops them from dying. Yeah, so shield counter is, if it would be dealt damage or destroyed, remove a shield counter from it instead. Minus seven. Create five, three, three white angel tokens with flying. I think she's good. Yeah, I don't know. I always compare every Elspeth to the Theros Elspeth, and I get let down. <laughs> I think she's I, good. Uh, Not busted, but I think she's good. I think she's going to be really cool in, uh, if you play Alicia, who smiles at death, you can oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, bring some stuff out, give Alicia some evasion, and then win out the game. Same. Yeah, it's permanent. So, I mean, yeah. you could accidentally slap a Lurin onto the field. Yeah. Or a Lurin CMC4, so you can't. Okay, fair. But you can slap a land. <laughs> get that white ramp going. Me, <laughs> me. But it says permanent. You could get a land. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next up. Uh, so we said legendary creed walkers, legendary uh, planeswalker, that all the legendary creatures. But I really felt we had to mention this one. That's why I tagged this one on. Mm. Uh, mm. Halo Fountain. Mm. Yep. Two and a white for an artifact. You can pay a one. You can pay one white and tap it. Untap a creature you control. Create a one-one uh, businessman. Um, <laughs> White, white, tap, untap, two tap creatures you control, draw a card. So far, like, pretty tame card, right? And then, or, final option, white, 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 <laughs> so five white, tap, untap, 15 tap creatures you control, you win the game. <laughs> and it has to be exactly I, 15. Yeah. Uh, untapping them is part of the cost, so they can't, like, kill it after you've activated it, because you've already untapped them. Um... And if they go to kill it, you can respond and activate the cost. So, I don't think this card's that busted. You know, if your opponent's got 15 cards in play, and they ca 15 creatures in play, they have to first tap the creature, so go to combat. 
Um, they can activate it before you go to blockers, so... But they have to go to combat, so you have that main phase one before they go to tap everything to kill some of them. You can respond to the spell, you can respond to them getting their 15th creature. Um, but it's something you need to be aware of. You know, you can't let this card sit out for a while. Don't listen to your opponent saying, oh, I just run it to draw cards with his second ability. Fuck it, they're lying to you. <laughs> <laughs> But you could do but some yeah. you could do some fun stuff with this. I think it's good. I don't think you it's great. Has a zone? Uh, no. No. Yeah. No. My Hazazon wants to win by beating you down with sand tokens. <laughs> That's it. It's coarse and it's rough and it gets everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it goes do 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 do. Um, that's that's what my Hazazon does. That's not how I want to win with it. So, I think yes, the, fair enough. I think the card's good. I don't think it's broken. Yeah. If somebody pulls it off, well, you know, there's plenty of stuff you could have done to stop that. <laughs> More than likely. Yeah. And if they have 15 creatures in play, you've probably already lost. <laughs> yeah, sure. Most likely. Uh, What's the next ones you picked out? Um, I was just, uh, do you want to finish off the legendary creatures? So I, guess uh, kit, I, I do want to go over one creature before we just do the le rest of the legendaries. Sure, um, the Devilish Valet. <laughs> I, I fucking love this card's flavor text so much. Right? So, <laughs> so it's two and a red. Uh, you know what? Just, you do the flavor text first, and then we'll talk about it. <laughs> so two and a red. Uh, nobody thought twice about checking their weapons at the door until they were informed there's not a weapon check at the door. <laughs> He's just fucking stealing their shit, dude. <laughs> Oh my god, this is definitely going to be something I do in a D&D &D game. My players need to watch out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they can fucking blame the Mark Rosewater himself. They can write him a strongly worded letter. <laughs> my DM took all my stuff because of you. Magic is dead to me. Um, so he's two and a red for a 1-3 trample haste. Okay. Like, interesting. Alliance. There's that keyword again. Whenever another creature enters a battlefield under your control, you double Devilish Valet's power until end of turn. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Just wow. Doesn't say non-token. <laughs> again, me saying, oh god, they didn't say non-token. This is going in Hazi's own. Yeah, <laughs> this guy looks great. I think he's going to be super... He kind of reminds me of uh, Occam, the uh, coin flip guy, partners with Cinder Split. <laughs> um, it doubles his power, right? Not his toughness, so he still just dies to Lightning Bolt at the end of the day. Oh yeah, absolutely. But he, but he does have Trample, so... And haste, out. and haste. So yeah, and haste. I, I think this guy actually suits better into a deck that's maybe blue-red, where you can make copies of him. Yeah. Oh, oh, you dirty man. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Take all... Just... Ugh. Like, what's that spell where you kick it and you make five copies of a creature? Uh... Oh my god. Yeah, that. It, rights of Replication. Oh that yeah. That used to be such like a... That card used to be like every time you thought of ETBs, you'd be like, oh, how does it work with Rights of Replication? It just has not been run as much nowadays. So, think about it. You're getting five more copies of this guy out. Okay? Or you even just kiki-jiki him. Once. 
and then play like two other creatures. Okay, let's say you have three creatures that come into play. He goes to 2-2 two, two from the first one. He goes to 4-4 four, four from the second one. And these are 8-3 trample haste off of the third creature. Yeah. Wow. Turns out exponential growth's good. <laughs> yeah, that's if you don't buff him beforehand. Yeah, which you should. Because <laughs> if you get him to 2-2, two, two, like, even if you just get him to 2-2, two, two, it's so good. And there's a reason he's a rare. Okay, so now you can pick the next legendary, and we'll we'll deal with those guys. And we'll just... Everything else will leave up to the wind because there's so many legendaries. Yeah. Um, Henzi, Toolbox Tour. Um, Did we already he's... do Kit Kanto? Kit Con- oh, we didn't do Kit Kanto. I'm sorry. Kit Kanto. Um, Mayhem Diva. Uh, one and Naya, so one red, green, white for 3 3. When Kit Kanto enters the battlefield, create a 1 1 green and white. You create a businessman. Um, at the beginning of combat on each player's turn, you may tap two untapped creatures you control. When you do target creature, that player controls gets plus one, plus two. I mean, plus two, plus two, and gains trample until the end of turn, go that creature. Yep. I would be more excited for this creature if uh, Marisi Breaker of Coils didn't exist already. Um, but that's a, he this says, makes all your opponents have the option to goad themselves to hit someone else besides you. Yeah. But it's like, eh, I don't know. I feel like it's a decent card, but there are, if you want this effect, there's already a better Naya commander for it that is the same CMC even. Um, Unless you just yeah. want to play a cat. If you want to play a cat, you know. If, if that's... It, well, actually, Maurice's also a cat warrior. But this is a cat bard. You know what? Fair, you know? <laughs> and we're I'm about sure to, we're a... about to go to Baldur's Gate, where we know the party effect's going to happen, and you always want to bring a bard. <laughs> oh, please tell me they bring a, back and, party. And she makes legitimate business people. Yeah. She's cool. <laughs> um, I probably wouldn't play her in a deck. Or I, I might play her in a deck. I wouldn't play her as my commander for a deck. I think she's interesting. But, oh, look, you just plus two, plus two to your, uh, your, your devilish valet and goaded him until in a turn and then made three tokens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is really good to do on, on... You can do it on your own creatures, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, maybe if you're playing devilish valet, you can, like, buff him to a 3-3, three, three, and then him being a 3-3 three, three is huge, right? Because then you play two creatures and suddenly you swing for 12. I think five creatures will get him to 40, right? One will be to six, two will be to 12, three will be to 24, four will be to 48. So actually, yeah. If you kick Kanto, bump... But the thing is, you have to pump him at the beginning of combat, right? So then the then the creatures will have to enter also at the beginning of combat, so they flash stuff out. It's at the beginning of each player's turn. You pump him at the beginning oh. of the turn. Yeah, it's actually better than I thought. So maybe you got a little devilish valet deck going on there. Maybe, you know. It'd be interesting. Um, do you want to do a toolbox tour? <laughs> sure. Uh, so, Henzi's uh, Jund, so red, black, green. Uh, Devil Rogue. Many rogues. Uh, notice they're all coming out with Luddy's Rogue Warrior classes and stuff. 3-3, uh, three, three, when each creature spell you cast with mana value 4 or greater has Blitz. The Blitz cost is equal to its mana cost. So Blitz is another mechanic. Uh, you may choose to cast that spell for its blitz cost. If you do, it gains haste, and when this creature dies, draw a card, sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step. So 
it's Death Dash. Yeah. With a draw. Mm-hmm. But th- so I think Blitz, all in all, isn't that amazing. But Henzi also does Blitz cost you pay cost one less for each time you've cast your commander from the command zone this game. Mm. So I think that changes things up a bit, and he becomes and Blitz becomes a lot better when you can cheat them out. Oh god, when you can start blitzing Eldrazi for free. Yeah. Well, if you've cast your commander ten times from the command zone, you know. <laughs> I don't think you're the man of matters anymore, <laughs> right? Because you're paying a 20 mana premium on your guy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. funny, though. And then the Blitz will draw you cards. So, I mean, you can get there. Who do cool things? Yeah. I think the next legendary you wanted. Yeah, Jax is the troublemaker. This chick is fucking so cool. Um... Three to red for a two-three legendary creature, human warrior. Uh, red and tap, discard a card, create a token that's a copy of another target creature you control. It gains haste, and when this creature dies, draw a card. Sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step. Activate it only as a sorcery. She also has blitz. Um, I probably wouldn't blitz this out unless it's in the ninety-nine. Um, but it's just super cool. Uh, you create tokens. You just hit people hard. It's just. There's something so cool about this set being, like, all these really powerful, like, demons and stuff, and then there's just, like, these humans that are just putting up their dukes. <laughs> like, let's fucking go. Yeah. And, and her art's super cool. Yeah. She's one, of the, she's one of the few people putting up dukes, in this art at least, that's not wearing brass knuckles. Yeah, that's, that's the cool part. She also has, like, these weird glowing uh, eyes effects. Almost like an Asimar. <sighs> Yeah, almost, almost like an Asimar. Like a brawler uh, Chandra. Looks pretty Irish-inspired, so, you know, one out for the boys. Mm-hmm. Yep. She's definitely... Uh, or he, she, whichever Jaxus wants to identify as. That could be... Either. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah. Who knows? But either way, no matter her pronoun, his or her pronoun, demands respect. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. I think we've got three, four, five cards left. Uh, something to that effect. Yeah, it seems that way. Yeah. Uh, oh, Ziatora the Incinerator. Yeah, I know Cameron was pretty excited for this guy. Three and a Jund, so red, black, green. Six, six, flying. Okay. Demon, dragon. Okay. Uh, flying at the beginning of your end step, you may sacrifice another creature. When you do, Ziatora deals damage equal to that creature's power to any target, and you create three treasure tokens. Okay, so you've got a fling built into your commander. Yeah. That makes you money. I, I like him. I think this card's super cool. Um, my only beef with it is I'm upset that the Riveteers... Uh, leader isn't just a big demon that punches people, but <laughs> a super cool, unique card. Kind of reminds me of the Jun Dragon from Dominaria. I know Matt, or no, from M20, I think. I know Matt plays them. Uh, let me pull it up here. Uh, what's it called? Oh, maybe I'm just actually a dementia patient and forgot the set it's from. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, 
Is it from Dominaria? I'm gonna feel so stupid if it's from Dominaria. Which card were you looking for again? Oh, it's a, it's a it's it's also a six mana Jund Mythic Dragon. Uh, the one that when it attacks makes everybody sack stuff. Yeah, like that was a commander card. That was a commander card. I think so. Hold on, yeah, I'm just gonna check. I'm just gonna check EDH rec. We had a couple of those pop up that were just rude. Yeah. Where is it? Oh no, it was from M19. Victus Asamati the Dire. There you go. M20, M19, you know, same thing. Yeah, um, of course, because, you know, just add COVID and yeah, 2020. <laughs> so this one's an Elder Dragon. That one's an Elder Dragon. This one's a Demon Dragon. They're pretty similar decks. I, uh, I, I kind of like this one more, just because I like the making of the treasures and stuff, and you don't help your opponents. And fling, fling effects are just the coolest. They are a lot of fun. we got to be honest yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, so I think he's a cool card. I think he's good. Not ugly, but good. Um, next we have Angelo the Painter. Um, it's Grixis, so blue, black, red for a 1-3 Death Touch Vampire Assassin. Uh, the first instant or sorcery spell you cast each turn has Casualty 2. Who the fuck <laughs> thought that was a good idea? <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, do you know what that instant and sorcery is going to be? Time Warp. <laughs> then it's going to be time, like, uh... What's the other five mana one? Uh, temporal, uh... Oh, the one that's... You know, I forget the name of it. But it's gonna... This is just gonna be a lot of... People are gonna play this. And if you wanna win, you just play this and play a bunch of extra turn spells. And you, co and you copy them a bunch. Um, but just like that, the really other cool Grixis Commander with a similar effect. Copy spells. Yeah. <laughs> or that enchantment, out, if sorry. You, if you give Blue a bunch of... Uh, spell copy effects. They're just going to use it to take a bunch of turns. But, uh, there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with them, but, uh, if you're playing against them, have a rule zero with your opponent and be like, hey, are no. you just going to take it a bunch <laughs> of extra turns and shit, or are you doing something interesting? And if you want to take extra turns and stuff with them, that's cool. I think it'll be a fun deck, but tell your opponents, because they might not like that yeah because no one wants to sit around for 30 minutes while you think you might find a way to win possibly eventually who knows yeah you know there's only so much fun to be had in magic <laughs> and a lot of it is, is not have all of it a lot of the the fun in magic is not watching magic <laughs> yeah. uh, some of us play do you want to go over uh i i think i think and hello is ugly in, yeah, in card effect. The art is amazing. Period. Just like the blood spatter that's actually paint color everywhere, that's amazing. The art is fantastic. The, yeah, this actually has great art. The effect this will have on casual commander is ugly. Yeah. I, uh... Kill on sight. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Casualty's really strong, and giving casualty the stuff that wasn't designed to have it is even stronger. Oh, look, he's a vampire. So... All the Vampire Legends and Grixis this set. That's like the third or fourth one? Yeah. yeah. Ugh. I think fourth. It's going to get ugly. We've got a Cephalid. <laughs> it's, this one's all you, mate. Oh my god, Cam is Obscura uh, Oculus. Uh, one white, blue, black for a 2-4 Cephalid Rogue, baby. Um, whenever you attack, target attacking creature, you can't be blocked this turn. It... Can, can, Connives. 
connives. Thank you. Uh, another mechanic to set. Yeah. I think we went over it because the uh, Obscura leader had it in our last episode, but... Yeah, so then choose another attacking creature with lesser power. That creature gets double strike until end of turn. Uh, to have a creature connive, draw a card, then discard a card, then it's a discard non end card, put a counter on that creature. So he gets a counter, usually most of the time, you get to loot, and then you give another thing, double strike, and also... Double strike make this... in Esper. Like, okay. Yeah. So you make something unblockable in, in connive, and then you make something else have double strike. So, like, weird Esper combat deck. Yeah, so what you do is you um, you choose a three-cost creature that you're attacking with, can't be blocked. And this is what I'm thinking. And then mm -hmm. that creature connives, maybe it gets bigger, but then you give Kamiz double strike. Yeah. So you can build Esper Voltron in a way. Like, so you can kill people with Kamiz. That's what, how I would think of it. Or you can do other cool things, but it's he's a he's a combat centric Esper deck. Yeah, I like it. I think it's he's gonna be good. Cool. I think it's gonna be good and casual. It's not a bad thing. Okay, this next one's mine. Yeah. All right. Parry the pulverizer. Parry the platypus. <laughs> yes, the rhino push. Um, one and a band. So green, white, blue. Three, three, legendary rhino soldier. When Parry enters the battlefield, you put a shield counter on target creature. Could be even him. Um, if it would be dealt damage or destroyed, remove a shield counter instead. Okay, cool. Four mana, three, three. You have to basically try and kill twice. Whenever parry attacks, target creature you control gets trample and gets plus X plus X, where X is a number of different kind of counters among permanents you control. Wow. So at minimum, if you put the shield counter on him and he swings... He's gonna get plus. He's gonna be a four-four trampler. Yeah, I think he's cool. I like the idea of going wide with counters in Bant, especially and variety. So you're you're trying not to yeah. focus as much, although that focus is you're gonna get prof. Non-focusing will give you profit. This is yeah. This is an ADHD commander. <laughs> And I love it. You're just trying to do a lot of wide things. I think he's cool. Let's see how much variance you can get every game to do the same thing. Doing lots of different stuff to do the same thing. It, it's it's crazy. It sounds fun. I like it. So, like, the upper end is you get a plus one, plus one counter. A minus one, minus one counter doesn't matter because it gets neutralized by his effect, so we won't count that one. So, plus one, plus one, indestructible, shield, death touch, uh, reach, flying, vigilance, first strike. I believe that's all the counter types. Um, indestruct. Uh, there's the Kami counters. Um, I, <laughs> you're going to be hard-pressed to put a, a Divinity counter on this guy, I think. On permanence you control. But then you can play the blue-white spell to make fish that have all those counters. Oh, yeah. You can put a fake counter on him with, like, uh, Oblivion Stone. <laughs> yeah. Or Doom counters with... Would do <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> plus one plus one counters ooze counters. Um, yeah, you can put, you can put the ooze counter from Toxroll on them and kill their Toxroll. <laughs> <laughs> then you can it's do lots like of stuff. A bounty, yeah. bounty counter <laughs> yeah, from Defiance. Uh, 
<laughs> no, yeah, I think he's yeah. gonna be fun. I think he's a good card. Yeah, he'll be super fun. I think this will probably be. I feel like Bant's been in need of like a good commander for a while. You know what I mean? I can't remember like the last Bant commander I was really excited for. I, I, what about this last one? Are you excited about this Bant commander? Yeah, a little bit. Um, it's okay. I I really like its alt art because um, it's just a bird in a suit. So it's uh, Falco Spara Pact Weaver, one green, white, blue for a three-three flying trample. In ETBs with a shield counter, uh, you may look at the top card of your library anytime. You may cast spells from the top card of your library by removing counters from creatures you control, in addition to paying their costs. You know, it's okay. I'll I'll, I'll put this in the parry deck. Let me put it that way. There you go. I'm probably not going to run this as a commander. But you do get to see what's on top of your deck at all times. So there's there's some some value to that for a 4-mana 3-3 Flying Trample that comes in with a shield counter. Um, yeah, but it's like... That's not like a hard effect to get in Bant. You know, you've got all the future side effects, you've got all the green, like Vizier of the Menagerie and whatnot. So, this but also lets you cast spells from the top of your deck, not just creatures. Yeah. And that's where yeah. the variety comes in, is that it's letting you cast spells off the top of your deck in a different way. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's interesting. I think... I just think for if I want to go with a counter deck in Vant, it's not the best commander for it, but it definitely goes in the 99. Yeah, I think you would play a lot of spells that give you counters or creatures that give you counters of some kind. And I think it could be yeah. good. And that seems to be a, the theme for this. Like, for the uh, leaders of each of the packs, like, I feel like Xandar and Zeator uh, are the only ones that, like, you want to run as the commanders of the deck you're playing with that deck. Because Jetmir, you want to save for, like, the turn you win and not reveal it. Falco, you'd rather play in parry. And then, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you, you... I don't think you want to play. You want to play the underboss, but have the real boss in the 99 of, the, yeah. of these families. That's... I, I agree. I think that's how this because yeah. one of them is going to be the face out doing it. But the Don, he doesn't... He doesn't come out. No, because that's when the assassins come out and stuff. You, you, don't, you don't mess mm -hmm. with that. Other cards in the set that are really cool, there's the charms and the ascendancies that are coming out. Uh, there's yeah. the trilands that are coming out. The tricycles. Uh, and... There's some cool stuff happening. I mean, I'm look. I'm excited to see the rest of the set and see if they just gave us all the broken cards first. Yeah. So all the charms are out. I guess it would take a while to go over them, but I'd say look at them. They they all seem pretty good. But uh, there the the charm cycles a cycle that's very flexible. Like you pick between one of three effects. You usually, no one of the effects is worth the mana cost, but the ability to choose between the effects is where you get that bump in mana right on yeah and there's some interesting effects i think a lot of the cards in this set are viable for casual commander for sure um there's very few that i feel will see competitive play mm -hmm. it's it's a very strong set for standard and it's going to get warped for sure uh standard's going to get warped by this set i can almost you think so I do. 
there's just so many copy effects and things I think that are just broken in, in constructed limited play. Like having the ability to play four devil uh, valets. Um, like, that's going to be a deck. Yeah. But I mean, maybe because it's like they, they only have three toughness, so they died a lot of removal. I don't know. We'll have to see. Because I think, isn't there also a rotation going on? Or am I capping? I do not know. I don't think we get a rotation in the spring. I haven't followed standard in years. <laughs> I don't That's really care either. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I pay attention well, to cards. Standard's broken again. <laughs> it, yeah, it just happens every set or every other yeah. set. <laughs> I, um, I I play commander. Like I, when I invest in cards, I get to use them forever. I don't yeah. play Magic the Arena because guess what? I don't get to play those cards forever, or use them to trade for other things I do. And MPGO, yeah, that's pretty cool. You can actually get some value out of it and trade with people. Because it's a trading card game. Yeah. It's... But I think this set's really cool. I think there's a lot of stuff in here that's going to be very versatile and bring flavor to the table when you play it. I don't see it as a very competitive altering. There's going to be some few things, like the Vivian is a possibility. Uh, Jaxus has some possibilities. Uh, there's some mm-hmm. obvious stacks things you could do with some of these creatures and commanders and planeswalkers in here, but overall I feel like this is this is a commander set. Like this, yeah. everything in here seems like it's playable in casual commander. Almost everything, at least seventy five percent so far of what we've been seeing, is casual commander playable, and I'm excited. Yeah. And then Baldur's Gate comes out like right after, and I'm like, well. There goes my uh, spending budget for the next couple months. Yeah, I mean, like these fucking game companies, dude. I got new com- new commander set coming out. I got this coming out. The commander deck's gonna come out with this. Baldur Gate's probably gonna have a commander deck come out with it. Uh, new Tyranids Codex is coming out. You know, fucking, I'm gonna be poor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that uh, that's the plan. Keep us poor. Keep us happy and poor, like, though. <laughs> Happy and bored. That's the thing the uh, game companies are doing better than everybody else is we're happy with our game stuff most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. Yeah, most of the time. Unless it's Activision, and then we're like, no, fuck you. So I guess uh, to round off the episode, what was your favorite card we went over today? Uh, do you really have to ask? I don't have to, but uh, oh, it's <laughs> definitely make it official. Bob Nixless, the adversary. Yeah, easy. Yeah. End of story. Favorite yeah. card in this set so far, just by name and effect. Really cool, really interesting. I makes me want to play the casual Rakdos deck, but I probably won't. Yeah. Now For I just probably... now I just need an actual Bob Nixless Rakdos legendary creature. That, yeah, that is a kind of sucky thing, is that all the Obnixiluses are mono-black uh, for creature-wise, but not all the Obnixilus cards are mono-black. So, you know, they're going to have to make him lose his spark again, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Get on that, wizards. Right? <laughs> yeah. I definitely have to say Tivit's my favorite card we went over today. I think uh, voting matters is a theme I've wanted for a while as a commander. But yeah. Yeah, that guy's pretty cool. 
he's pretty up there on cards that I think I want to play against, but I'm I won't play with myself because they're not black. Um, <laughs> just because I mean that's where I'm at. I'm, I like playing black, but there's a lot of things I like to see my opponents play because they're interesting, and the voting matters. That's interesting. Like yeah, that's a really cool effect for them to bring back the parlay. I think that's going to get out of control, but it's going to be interesting, you know? Yeah, I I think uh, I like the idea of them bringing back old mechanics like this in the commander decks, you know, like, because, like, uh, councils, even if the commander deck doesn't have a bunch of council dilemma cards, like, if Tavit's the only one, right, Um, because it synergizes with itself... Yeah, that's still good for people who want to play that from the older sets as their commander. Same with Parlay. Like, obviously Parlay... Tri- uh, parlay... Uh, you're not going to build a deck around Parlaying, like, with a bunch of stuff. But having one or two Parlay cards is, like, a callback, or, like, people who really like the mechanic, I think, is... Uh, the commander decks is a good place for it. Oh, definitely. Overall, I think this is a good set. Yeah. So far. Like, it looks like the Mythics and Rares are actually worthwhile mythics and rares. Like, most of them feel like you're not going to feel disappointed to pull it. Save for one six-mana blue creature. <laughs> yeah. The fucking... Yeah. Ar- Arbiter Omnivore, or whatever his name That is. avatar thing? Yeah. It's, Meh. It's... <laughs> but yeah. Uh, with that, you know, check us out on Twitter, Linktree, uh, RSS, Spotify. Um, we got the Discord on our Linktree and our Twitter. We'd love to see you. Absolutely. I love hearing opinions. You know, if you think we're wrong, yeah, come tell us. Okay, cool. We'll have, uh, <laughs> it's opinions, so we're welcome. We welcome that stuff. We love to talk about it and plan it. And as the rest of our low-tech crew here is getting ourselves geared up to be able to play with people online and stuff, um, we all have a variety of schedules and could organize with us if you want to collaborate we're down for that um we've got new art that is now displayed on our link tree and everything else uh thank you to the person who did that um get that get that name here for you because it's yeah I fantastic don't know. do we do we, should we give out their actual name let me pull up the link for what they said um and it's yeah, you can uh, you can find them um on our discord we'll we'll link their twitter account um so that, that way you can talk to them that way not just gonna throw people's names out there but if you're looking at our art you like it you're looking for that style they yeah. do a lot of cool stuff they have animations really cool so check them out and if you want yeah, we can get we can get you linked into them it'll be pretty cool yeah uh their twitter is at page ma uh, that's page p-a-i-g-e then M-A, followed by 1793-3199. So. And hey, when I first saw it, I was like, is this real? And, and no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's legit. Like, yeah. the business transactions and everything went through really professional, really smooth. Alterations were not a hassle. And it took a couple weeks to get the whole process done, but we're very satisfied with what we got. So, yeah. yeah. Did a great job. All right. Well, uh, yeah, that seems good. You know, I think we've we've covered a lot of the set. We didn't have to cover everything because uh, a lot of stuff is just pretty generic, and you know, it didn't really stand out too much. A lot of the stuff seems fun. Yeah. 
and I'm, I'm very satisfied with our coverage of this for today. And I'm looking forward to, oh, God, more, more spoilers and Baldur's Gate. <laughs> yeah. Shut up and take all my money, you bastards. <laughs> yeah, so next week we'll probably do uh, more spoilers, depending on what we get. Um, hopefully just Capenna spoilers. I don't want to have to do spoilers for Capenna and Baldur's Gate. <laughs> Seems a little... Oh, that would be so arduous. But yeah, <laughs> um, as spoilers and new stuff comes out, we'll just keep doing the good, bad, and ugly. And tell you how we feel about the cards for casual yeah. commander so yeah with that catch you all next time take it easy be cool to each other <laughs>